LBC 97.3. Call 0845 6060973. Text 84850. Steve Allen. Morning, four minutes past four is the time. It's nice to have your company. I trust you are well. It's cold. It's very cold this morning. Very cold. So if you're going out, I think a vest or a coat or a scarf. I walked through Leicester Square. Well, I say walk through Leicester Square. I stumbled through Leicester Square earlier on because it was all, it's all building works and things and bricks and all over the place and the usual, the usual onset of tourists who are drunk out of their minds because over here, nobody asks them. So that's why we get more drunk Americans than anybody else. Because in America, you've got to be 21. Here, it's 18, and they can't handle it. So they go out, and nobody asks them for ID. They just serve them drinks. You can buy drinks anywhere. In America, it's really, really difficult. So people don't become alcoholics until they're about 25. Over here, they, they start at about 16. Because as long as you look fairly fairly sort of young, um, and you you know you look as though you, you can handle a conversation, they'll let you into places. They don't really bother about that anymore, I'm afraid. It's, 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 it's only in America where they're really, really, really strict on it. Over here... They are not. And being Friday the 13th, I don't think I'm superstitious. I don't, although to be honest with you, I can't remember if I am superstitious or not. I'm not sure what it, what it really entails, so perhaps we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, poor old Andrew Stone, uh, so stupid and misguided, almost to be an embarrassment, I'm afraid. Uh, he believes that the housemates love him, really. No, they don't. Nobody likes you, unfortunately. Um, I, don't, I don't know why. I think it's because you're a silly show-off. And he's now written a letter to one of the newspapers saying that he's not gay because people have said he must be gay. And I'm thinking, who cares? Who cares whether, whether he's gay, whether he's not gay? I mean, you know, delusional he is. Very minuscule, tiny bit of talent, uh, which he's dragged out for his five minutes of fame. We've had enough of it. The public kicked you out. Go away. All right? Stay away. Take Jordan with you. Take Kerry Katona, who now thinks she's a wedding planner. We'll have to save some of these stories, actually. And, um... We'll, we'll do them on the special, the special podcast a little bit later on. Tom Cruise has done something nice. A little bit late, though, as far as I'm concerned. He's joined the, uh, the search for missing uh, little toddler Ben Needham. Now, Ben Needham went missing, I think, 20 years ago. And Tom Cruise has now got involved. There are thousands of children, as I've pointed out on this programme, day in, day out, for the last God knows how long, who go missing every year. They never get any coverage in the papers. They just vanish, and the parents sit there and wait and wait and wait and wait, and they don't change their bedroom. And now you're looking at a 22-year-old 20, 20, boy who'll be out there somewhere, answering to the name of probably not Ben Needham, I shouldn't think. So when you get people involved, how on earth do you think you find somebody? I really don't know how you find somebody because you have no idea what they're going to look like. Well, that's what I thought until I looked at pictures of children when they were younger. And I think you can look at a child and you can make a photocomposite up so you can see what they would look like at various stages in their life. If I look at early pictures of me, I mean, who'd have known that I'd have turned into this stunningly attractive Amazonian figure with long flowing blonde hair? A little bit Dolph Lundgren meets Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mates Kenneth Williams, mates just about any of the roly-polies, I should imagine. I don't know. But I think you could look at people, you could see how they... You, you look at little, little children in school, and you can see some of the faces of the little girls, and I look at them and think, I bet I know what you're going to look like when you get a bit older. You're going to be a glamour model. You know, you could just tell, can't you, really? Because they've got that kind of hard, that hard face with them. So, uh, very interesting. They're also talking to... Oh, Sarah Ferguson's in trouble again. 
the government of Turkey, not very happy. She went over there and interviewed children for a documentary uh, called Sarah, as usual, being Sarah. I have no comment to make at all. So that's, that's the end of it. I don't think so. I think there'll be more. Um, there is also pictures of... Uh, of Liz Hurley. I like Liz Hurley. I don't know what she does, but I quite like Liz. I know she's the face of Estee Lauder, but I don't think that's actually a job, is it? That's just a photographic thing where they go into a studio, they take pictures of them, and they go, you are now the face of Estee Lauder. And we go, lovely. And as they said the other day, people who live uh, in the Cotswolds uh, absolutely love it. They say it's idyllic. I've looked at homes, and not, not to buy, I've just looked at the Cotswolds thinking, is, is it far enough out for, for sort of cheap property? The ideal... The ideal scenario for me would be to have a place in London, a flat that's about five seconds away from here, so you could literally fall out of bed and fall into the studio, and then a place at the weekend, which you could have, which you would go to, which would be by the seaside, because I'm strangely drawn, being Piscean, to water. Now, there, there's a superstition. You see, they say Pisceans are daydreamers and drawn to water. I don't know if that, that's fact. I mean, I do like water, but only in so much as I bathe and I have cups of tea. I'm not really sure whether or not being a Piscean means that you're any more drawn to water than Capricorns or Leos or Arians. That's because you... I mean, I, I know many of you probably follow the star signs. I'm, I'm not one of them. Well, I, I do look and, and then I ignore them because if I think they're actually positive, I go, oh, that's nice. Nothing ever happens in it. And, and if it's negative, I think, blood of old rubbish, isn't it? Same as we all do. Same as we all do. Um... There's also... What were they doing the other day? They were offering a, an art tour of Rome, and part of it involved seeing The Last Supper. And, and I quite fancied seeing that painting. I really quite... Fa- there are certain pictures in the world that I'd love to see. That's why, if, if you haven't got anything to do today, and, and you really want something that is going to blow your socks off, go to the National Gallery here in Trafalgar Square. It's not, it doesn't cost you a penny piece to go in. Go into each... There's so many different galleries... Uh, admittedly, there, there is a nude, nude section. They've had to put, um, they've had to put a warning up because parents come around the corner to be confronted by this huge picture, the size of this room, which is all nude bathers. And apparently, some people have been a little bit upset by it. So, but if you go upstairs, they've got a fantastic Tudor gallery. I mean, a really fantastic Tudor gallery. And and then they've got all these other things, and it's just wonderful. And it's free. There's all sorts of famous pictures in there. It's like going to the Wallace collection and seeing the canalettos that they've got. And you're right up to them. You're right up to them. They've got the Laughing Cavalier by, is it Velasquez? They've got all these great pictures that you've seen on postcards and seen in the newspapers. So you should really go to, if you're not doing anything today, and it's Friday, and to be honest with you, nobody, nobody gives a fig about Friday anymore. We just go, whoopee, it's Friday. We like Friday because Friday signifies, if you work Monday to Friday, it's the weekend. If, of course, you've been off all week and you work the weekend, you don't really look forward to Friday because it's probably the start of your working three days. But for the rest of us, we're going, whoopee! I don't know why we go whoopee. Today, I've, I've, I finish uh, at 6.30, as you know, and then I shall go upstairs. I've got to try and send back some DVDs to Amazon. I've got no idea how I do it. I'm going to have to sort of go onto the website and find out how we get these things back to them. And then I'm going to go and interview Tyne Daly for in conversation and uh, then I shall get home and then it'll be all it'll be all wonderful because it's Friday and then I might or might not either go out for, for supper or go over to a friend's place because there's a friend of mine from America over so I haven't, haven't quite decided because I like I don't like having things set out I'm not very good you know when people sort of say to you so what did you do for the weekend it's like you have to run through it and if you didn't do anything you have to make it up and I think it then becomes, you know, I wonder why people are so curious as to what everybody else does for their weekend. 
You know, why are we all interested in what in what people do when, in fact, it, it, is it because we haven't got enough... I mean, people say to me, oh, it's terribly busy. I had lunch with so-and-so, so-and-so, and then I had to go out and do this, and, I did, and I'm thinking, blimey, you've got a really action-packed life. Perhaps I'm not doing enough. And then people say, of course, we all went out as a family for dinner, and went to, I'm thinking, oh, right. Because I sometimes, like many of you, like coming in, shutting the door, putting... The, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. I knew I was going to cough then. Putting, putting the kettle on, having a cup of tea, and watching a film. Because I think that there is nothing more... Thera- and also, it's quite nice to wind down... You know, if you've had a hectic week and just being in London's traffic and getting on the trains is hectic enough for me. So when they say it's Friday the 13th, I mean, I'm now in two minds. Am I superstitious? Do I really care about superstitions? Does it does it go back, you know, a long way? And, and does it does it affect me? Apparently, 60 million people will claim to be affected. Some people, some might be you, might be you. Yeah, you. Might be you listening at the moment. You might not even get out of bed today because you're that super... Some people get themselves into such a state that they can't drive the car. They certainly wouldn't book a holiday. Wouldn't it fly on Friday the 13th? Are you mad? And yet, traditionally, you know, no, no planes crash any more on Friday the 13th than anything else. I mean, the longest period that can occur without a Friday the 13th is 14 months. Black Sabbath had an album out. I think their their debut album was released on Friday the 13th. But, I mean, who cares? Who cares? I mean, actually, strangely enough, having said that, one member of Black Sabbath, I think one of, one of their guitarists, is uh, is fighting uh, cancer at the moment. And you could say, I suppose, that was unlucky because they released the album, but then you could go because, because, because for everything. I mean, there were loads of people born on Friday the 13th. Margaret Thatcher was born on Friday the 13th. Samuel Beckett, not particularly great for him. Uh, was born on Friday the 13th, and Fidel Castro as well. Tupac Shakur died on Friday the 13th. But there, there must be loads of you celebrating your birthdays. Happy birthday, loser. OK, just like I mentioned that now, you know, just in case you're... Th- you know, because you really want to get it changed. Like being born on Christmas Day, people go, I'm a Christmas Day baby, and I go, it's fantastic. That means you get one less present, because people are going to go, I'm not buying you two presents. You're either having Christmas present or birthday present. OK, uh, can I have a bigger Christmas? No, you can't. That's just being greedy. Apparently, the Uruguayan rugby team's plane crashed in the Andes on the 13th. Many hospitals have no room 13. Airports don't have a gate 13. And I think on aircraft, I'm pretty certain, there is no seat 13. I think it goes 12, 12A, 12B, 12C, and then we jump to 14. Assuming the fact that the trolley dolly mincing towards you, pushing the trolley, going, duty-free tea, coffee, you know, isn't, isn't superstitious. I think most people are fly. I mean, how many people sit there and cross themselves before... You, that, that's, that's a superstition, isn't it? Is, it? is it religious? I don't know. Apparently a bird in the house is a sign of death. I think they mean a flying bird as opposed to any other sort of bird, because there's lots of birds. And, and, and some of these superstitions... I know Christo did this one earlier on. Never take a broom along when you move. Throw it out and buy a new one. What a load of old codswallop. What a... So there's all these brooms lying by the... So if you see a broom lying by the side of the road, that's because the person who's moved house is superstitious. Who, who takes brooms when they move? I mean, that must go back to sort of pre-war years. We'll take the broom. Nobody takes a broom. I mean, I've got, I've got a dustpan and brush at home, but between you and me and the gatepost, I hardly ever use it. I keep it because it, it was in Poundland and I thought it was such good value for a pound. I thought, I have to buy this thing. Quarter past four. Steve Allen. Morning. Apparently, another, another joke from Frankie Boyle. Here's, here's another one for Anthony Worrell Thompson fans everywhere. You know, every little helps. And he says every recipe in his next cookbook is going to begin with the words, 
First wait until no one is looking. <laughs> I just... Because Anthony Warrell Thompson is a thief. He nicks from Tesco. Which means that Tesco, strangely enough, you'd have thought that would have boosted Tesco's profits. You know, if you're going to pinch from somewhere, you pinch... You know, if it's a chef, you think you're going to pinch from somewhere good. And yet Tesco's are now plummeting down the charts faster than you can, you can shake a stick at them. And I wonder whether or not we have lost our love affair with Tesco. I wonder whether or not... I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, does it make any difference? Does it make any difference whether or not, you know, you shop in Tesco or Waitrose or whatever? I thought... I thought that it, 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 it would have been that Tesco were way up there because they're always placed in the, in, in the right places, aren't they? But apparently profits are down. In fact, so much so that people have, uh, people have started noticing, saying, why have we fallen out of love with, with Tesco? And I don't know why we fall out of love with, with Tesco. It was Franz Howells, incidentally, who painted The Laughing Cavernier. I just thought I'd make it interesting this morning by saying it with Velasquez, because I like saying Velasquez. You know, it's one of those nice sort of names, and I'd love to have met Velasquez. I don't know what he looks like, but I'm assuming in those times he had probably had a beard or something, probably from the Renaissance side of everything. So Franz Howells painted The Laughing Cavalier. But go, go see it. You, you, you must go see it, and you must go to the National Gallery, because it's, because it's free, and when you go round it, and don't do the whole thing, only do one, one gallery a day, because the galleries are so big, and there's so much to take in. I mean, it's really, I mean, it's really fantastic. I promise you, one of the best free days out, that you can get a cup of tea later on. And then you can go and watch silly people feeding pigeons. You know, we have a balmy woman in, in Twickenham. In fact, we've got quite a number of balmy people. And they go round first thing. They must be there at the crack of dawn. They empty birdseed all over the place. So we've got the fattest pigeons who are fed like 500 times a day by quite clearly animal haters. Because you wouldn't feed pigeons this much if you loved them. But they, 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 they're, they're so balmy mad. And they always look crackpots, don't they? You can always spot the pigeon lovers. I saw a woman the other day. I told you in Harlow. Out of all places, and I thought, actually, people have been picking the food up and eating it themselves. But she was ripping up loaves of bread and throwing them out all over the place. And I kept thinking, what do you do in your own garden? Horrible, horrible, horrible. So, uh, so good news there. Uh, also bad news for poor Jodie Marsh, who's uh, desperate to jump on the, any old bandwagon, because sadly, the old crow is still out there and still droning on about her boring, um, her boring body and her... Oh, Dear God, bodybuilders, don't you just hate them? They always go, I think my body is at the peak of... I mean, I don't mean this, Joe, disrespectfully, because he's just sort of mild. But, you know, but certain people who go there and they take steroids and they sort of pump themselves up and they never look any better. I don't know why they all think they look good. They don't. Do you know, I nearly got... Yes, I nearly got a tattoo. I nearly got a tattoo. I was sitting on the bus and, uh, you know, I'm sitting there staring out the window thinking, what a lovely day for a tattoo. And we passed a tattoo parlour. And I thought, perhaps I could nip in, because he wasn't busy, and just have a little tattoo done. And then I sat there, and I kept thinking, where would I have it done? You know, where, where, would, you, where would you, which part of your body would you have tattooed? And I thought, would I have it on my shoulder? Would I have it on my thigh? Would I have it at the top of my leg? Or would I have it on my ankle? And, and by the time I'd thought about it, the bus had passed the tattoo parlour, and, uh, and I'd, I'd lost the will to live, I'm afraid. <laughs> so, so uh, supermarkets... Which one do you go? Do you go because of prices, or do you go because it's convenient? I'd love to know. Oh eight four five six zero six zero nine seven three is my number. Morning, Colette. Hi, Steve. Morning. Right. Yes, I'm, well, I think so. It's Friday, so yeah. I'm going to see if I've got any money in my pocket, and if I have, it's a good day. Excellent. Thank <laughs> the Lord. We got there. We made it. We I made it. I know. I never thought I'd make it this week. I always say that to people on Fridays when they see me in the morning. You're right, Colette. How are we doing? I said, we made it. Yeah, it's I Friday. know. Isn't it funny? I, I wake up on, on the Friday morning going, it's Friday. And then I think, what does that mean? <laughs> I've 
Yes, what yeah. I, I mean, I, I like Friday because it's it's after the show. You can put put your feet up and do whatever. And then I think, but there's probably people going to work today who are going. Listen, just another long day for me. So, so you, you use a particular supermarket? Yes, I used to be a big fan of Tesco for many, many years. Right. Um, and then I think about, you know, like two, three years ago, wasn't it, when the price war thing started? Yes. And they was all started the fighting. Mm. Yeah, all that. And um, I, I realised that the problem with Tesco's was that they were the last to react to the price wars. They, I think they, they, they were watching, weren't they? Yeah, and mm. they were the first to really drop everything. And then I said, you know what, let me try one day to go to Asda and see. And they were right. Asda was so much cheaper. And I've just always stuck with Asda now. And, and do you like that? So, uh, so uh, I'm assuming you're, you're a typical shopper. Are you, are you governed by quality or are you governed by price? Um, I'm governed by... Well, it's really difficult for me because I'm one of those strange people that I only eat like a handful of things. Oh, like yeah. what? Well, what are you eating? Well, I say to people, I actually people are like food to me. I only like a handful of people and a handful of food. Oh. Yeah, um, I'm one of those that I'm very like I like my well, I like my brown bread, but it has to come from M and S. Yeah, right. I Is like, it funny? See, I I can't do brown bread. I've um, tried it, and it, but people keep saying it's really healthy for you, and I've gone. I'm I'm not sure if it is, and I can't stand that bread that's got bits in it as well. Oh no, you do. You have to try. No, you see, I knew you'd like that. I knew. You'd, I bet you've got sandals as well, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> do you have nice spiritual pictures on the wall of your place? No, you haven't no, got pictures not... of sea or something like that. No, I'm all right. Not that bad. Do you feed birds? <laughs> no, right, so you like brown bread, you like bread with yeah. bits in it. Yeah, bread with bits in it. I'm um, an apple pie person, but I'm the kind of person that only eats the pastry and not the filling. Oh, for good. Well, how can it be an apple pie? <laughs> they might as well just eat, just eat the pie. Yeah, you just have a bit of juice. Right, oh, it. right. Oh, I said, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, um, I like custard, but it has to be low fat. Um, oh. Bear with me, Steve. Oh, I'm bearing. Um, <laughs> milk, I like milk, but it has to be skimmed milk. I can't stand fully fat milk. No, I don't like full fat, no. Love a bran flakes. Love my chicken. Love rice. Can eat rice by itself with ketchup, with beans, anything. I oh, just love rice. I nearly bought rice the other day, and then somebody said to me, "Rice is really fattening." Don't listen to these people. I can't help it. Rice. They're voices in my head. They're talking no, to me. To me, don't listen to them. <laughs> Have brown rice. It's good for you. Brown rice. Yes. I mean, somebody said the the, the the rice that's bad for you is the egg fried rice, the special fried rice. Oh yeah, don't stuff do, like don't. that. Yeah, don't, but don't buy stuff like that. Buy, no. you know, raw rice and cook it yourself, Steve. And would you have that with... Oh, so you just have that with, with ketchup, would you? I would have it by itself if, if it came <laughs> to that. If I couldn't wait for the chicken to be cooked, right. yeah, the rice is already ready. Let's go, people. Right. Yeah. I had but, a beef uh, stew last night with, with uh, sprouts. Oh. With, oh, you wouldn't have that? No, I don't eat red meat. Oh, right, OK. Then I'm, I'm, remember, I only have 11 items. Right. So, yeah. uh, have, you, have you ever eaten rice cakes? No. No, Joe, Joe in here is, is trying to get a sweet rice cakes. I think, single-handedly, yeah, I think he has a company that makes rice cakes, but he's, he's tried every day for a week and I'm not buying it. Yeah, I, had, I heard your conversation yesterday yeah. about it. Rice cakes are on the list of pointless items for me to eat. They're oh, up, you with, and me together. I look at them with, and I think, eaten by sad people. Hello. They're up there with skips. You know, why am I going to eat something that it disappears on my tongue yes. before my belly's even had a chance to see what it felt like? Skips. Do you remember skips? Does anybody buy them? My nan used to have skips. Oh. I don't want to start. I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this. But I do think a lot of maturer people eat skips because there's no need to crunch anything. It just it just sits helps. on your tongue. See, I used to like cheesy watsits. 
Oh, you're a what's it? Oh, I know. Well, I mean, only only a little few of them, because then when you you look at your hands and your fingers have gone bright orange, (laughs) do you then think, something's gone wrong here? (laughs) I shouldn't be eating this stuff. Yeah, I think you're more likely to worry if the next day your fingers are still orange. Yeah. Then I think it's more like jaundice. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, the moment (laughs) it starts spreading up your face, you know you're in big trouble. So do you eat fruit? Yes, I do. I like fruit. Um... I'm a, I st- again, stick to the same kind of thing. Right. I like my strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, and I put them all in a blender and with a nice bit of um, ginger. Yeah. Break down some ginger, blend it all up, put them into some plastic cups, stick them in the freezer, and I have one a day. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put you in contact with Joe because I think you two are mess- maimed for each other. And then he, oh. he, he, he can actually try and convince you to eat rice cakes. No, <laughs> he, he might get really fed up with me, I think. You think? Yeah, because I'll be having, like, my roast dinner and stuff with roast chicken and stuffing. Oh, I love the stuffing as well. Yeah, oh, and I love, st- oh, roast chicken and stuffing. Oh, I like oh, Do you have roast potatoes? Um, no, I'm oh. a, again, <laughs> Rice. me halfway, Steve. Rice. I'm a roast parsnip person. Oh, no! Love no, no, no. Oh, I've only got to see parsnips in the oven, and, and people go, we're having roast parsnips, and I go, I'll stay at home. Oh. I can't get excited by ro- I don't know why. Well, I've had this crazy thing this week, and again, I'm thinking it's because the mornings are still dark and I need yeah. some vitamin D, but I've gone on a pilchard attack. Oh! oh. Pilchards every day, Steve. Not at this pilchards. time. Please tell me not at this time. No, no, not at this no. time. Oh. It's at lunchtime at work, yeah. Do you have them cold or hot? No, I put them in the microwave. Have them hot. Oh. With, um, again, I had a little bit of rice with it. Oh, pilchards, Joe. Do you fancy pilchards? He, do- he doesn't do pilchards. He has to. He needs your vitamin D. You need your vitamin D. He's he's taking no advice. I I can't eat anything that you open the tin and it looks like the item it was before it died. Oh, Steve, why do you say it like that? I only like 11 things as it is. Now I'm back (laughs) down to 10. Exactly. (laughs) Because it looks like little fishes. They've got little heads on and things. (laughs) It's horrible. The thing was probably looking forward to Christmas or Easter or something. (laughs) And all of a sudden it's now in a tin for your pleasure. Oh, no, bless you. No. Do you eat sweets then? Sorry again, do, do you I eat, eat sweets? Um, well, I, I like peanut M&M's, but I don't class them as sweets. I always tell people, no, they're still peanuts. <laughs> I eat them for protein. <laughs> yes, pr- apparently peanut. Joe was telling me yesterday, because he, he's now my sort of fitness guru, he says that peanuts are, are good for you because it's the right sort of fat. Yes. He has, he, has pe- he has peanut butter on rice cakes. Oh, I do peanut butter on the superseded bread. He's really so I, I've written to his parents. I'm sorry, I think there's something the matter with it. It's not normal. I think me and him could do lunch. Yeah, I, I think it'd be, a, it'd be an interesting lunch. Yeah. M&M's and rice cakes. Well, I'll do my bread with the peanut butter. And <laughs> I bring the peanut butter, tell him, and he just brings his rice cakes <laughs> on the other end of the bench. Believe you me, I mean, you'd have to eat. The conversation would be n- nullifying boring, I promise you, because he'd be talking about fitness and weights and stuff like that and how tired oh, no, he is. Oh, no, that'd be really interesting, because, again, oh. well, yeah, I'm a fitness fanatic. Oh, I, oh my God. Listen, I'm, I'm terminating it there, Colette. I've lost the will to live now. Yeah, I, th- I, think you, I think you're destined to be with each other. Isn't that interesting? Eleven items. 11 items. You can live your life by just eating 11 items. Because we've all done it, haven't we? We've all, you've all eaten something, like crispy duck. And we've all gone, I could live on crispy duck for the rest of my life. And you think, no, you couldn't really. You absolutely couldn't live on crispy duck for the rest of your life. But, the, but there's always one food which gets your juices going. And for me, it'll be the cooked breakfast. Although now they're saying in the papers today, having told you yesterday that they're closing loads of little chefs, which most of you seem delighted with, saying it was greasy and it was overpriced, we thought it was good value. 
with the, the Olympic breakfast was, was a big winner for us at £7.49. And, and now they're telling you in the paper today that two, two rashes of bacon is not very good for you. Whereas I thought, I had crispy bacon the other day. Crispy bacon. With um, cauliflower cheese. And I love cauliflower cheese. And so yesterday, I had cauliflower cheese again. Did I have cauliflower? Yes, I did have cauliflower cheese. I have to remember what I've eaten now. I had cauliflower cheese, and I had it with the beef stew and two dumplings. Uh, which I thought was quite good, actually, because I'm, I'm sure... Probably the wrong stuff to eat. But it was, it was quite delicious. In fact, it's making me a little bit, little bit salivatory now. What a great word, salivatory. Anyway, uh, we'll take your texts and emails. It's 0845 6060 Eight four eight five zero on the text or Steve at lbc.co.uk and to all those people who've never heard the programme before, hello to all those people who've downloaded the extra special Steve Allen's little extra bit at the end of the programme. It's generally up by about uh, about quarter past seven, so we uh, we knock that out as they say a little bit later on, and we're delighted that we're on the iTunes chart as well. Makes us feel very much better. It's LBC ninety seven point three, and at uh, the time now four thirty. LBC 97.3. Call 0845 6060 Text 84850. Steve Allen. Morning, 28 minutes to five. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC 97.3. You're very welcome. Apparently an acorn at the window will keep lightning out. What a load of old codswallop. <laughs> A dog howling at night when somebody in the house is sick is a bad omen. A horseshoe hung in the bedroom will keep nightmares away. Rubbish! Rubbish! It's apparently bad luck to light three cigarettes with the same match. That's the, that's the third light thing which we've done before. Uh, all windows should be opened at the moment of death so the soul can leave. Of course, provided you know when somebody's died. There was that dreadful case the other day, wasn't there, which I mentioned on the, the blog of this um, girl who'd been going out with this guy for 20 years... And, you know, be really lovely and happy. And everybody kept teasing him, saying, look, you should really propose. You know, it's about time. So they had a, they had a family get-together. And he finally got up the courage to propose to her. And so he said, will you marry me? And she went, yes. He probably sat down and died. So <laughs> kind of wish that nobody had actually... Uh, no, nobody had actually said anything to him, I'm afraid. Uh, I didn't realise you watched Jeremy Kyle, says Bev. Did you see the awful Jackie Budden, Jade Goody's mother, on Tuesday? Ghastly Jackie Budden. What a ghastly old bag she is. Dreadful. She's receiving housing and disability benefit, but she was left £175,000 by Jade and blew the whole lot in a year. Jeremy asked her what she'd spent it on. Her reply was, haven't a clue. If I've got Wonga in my skyrocket, because she's an intelligent woman, then I spend it. Ghastly person. I never liked her anyway. Never liked Jackie Budden. Also, she was a total waste of space. Uh, other uh, superstitions being Friday the 13th. It's not the same as the first of the month, is it? We do pinch and a punch for the first of the month and no returns and white rabbits. This is superstitions that are about... But they seem to go back to pre-Victorian, almost, almost uh, Dickensian times, I think. And, uh, and people then were very superstitious. People then, I suppose, believed in what the church told them. So if the church and the, and the, the priests at the time would, would preach to the, uh, the congregation, the hellfire and damnation, and you will go to hell, and all this kind of stuff, people believed it. People believed it. We, we saw all the, all the preachers in America, didn't we? We used to have um, Faye and Tammy Baker, and they would preach hellfire and damnation. And then there was one of them, Oh, Lord, I have sinned! Because he was caught out with some hookers. There was quite a few people of those, uh, those sort of ilk 
at the evangelical churches over in America, where they have these huge auditoriums, and the party faithful go in there, and the whole idea is that they want your money. It's a, it's a money-making concern, that's all it is now. It's, uh, it's big business, you know, to have these people in there, and they have banks of people during all their, their telethons to try and get money out. We'd like a prayer today, we'd like a five-minute prayer or two-minute prayer. You know, we can send you our special Bible, and that one is only $22. Hi, may I take your credit card number? And, and th- that's how it is. It's all, it's all designed to part you from your money, because people think, as you go through life, that eventually you're actually going to get that choice. It's going to be the door upstairs, you know, everybody wears white and looks really lovely and got big smiles on their faces, or they're going to open the downstairs door, and there's going to be fire and hell-breathing dragons and all the rest of it, and you're going to be sitting down there. But mind you, if it's warmer, I don't really care. I'm not really sure if I believe in the in the heaven or hell thing. I think you should live each day as you would want to, to live each day. I don't believe you have to live it by anybody's particular code of conduct. It's your own. Everybody knows what's, you know, what's right. Everybody knows what's wrong. And you just, you just do it that way, I think so. I have not read Brian Hoey's book, Noreen, Not in Front of the Corgis. You can well imagine what it's about. It's about the royal family. Uh, all the behind-the-scenes gossip. I'm reading, actually, what book am I reading at the moment? Is it Noddy and Big Ears or you know, Tales from the Woods or something? I don't know. And it, it is about the royal family, and I can't remember which one it is, but it's, uh, it's a gossipy type book. I think it's Kitty Kelly's. I think it's Kitty Kelly's books. It was written some time ago, but I, I, find, it, I find it very interesting. Anything to do with the royal family, uh, I absolutely love. Thank you to Ivor Seymour. Uh, <laughs> everybody's sending me all the, uh, the Anthony Worrell Thompson jokes. And they've got Tesco, premium tea leaf, and then a picture of Anthony Worrell Thompson on the thing as well. <laughs> he'll, he'll make money out of it. You watch. You watch. He will make money out of it. At the end of the day, if, if we have to put up with the... Although, luckily, she's not in the papers today. I have, I've scouted through. There is nothing that's got Sarah Harding written on it. Instead, you do have uh, Roxanne Pallet. Roxanne Pallet um, was an actress, and she was in Emmerdale. And she was on a train, and some yobbos got on. Because you do get yobbos on trains. You get drunks. She must have been on the train at a certain time. Quite clearly, she was coming back from casualty, and the budget didn't run to a car. So she gets on the train, and she's sitting there, and this, this gang get on, and, and they start going, you know, you that, you that Roxanne thing from Emmerdale, which, of course, she's not been in for ages and ages. And uh, one of them told her, Andy Sugden should have finished you off. You know, because they're a bit stupid. Uh, they'll, they'll be easily identifiable because they got on at a particular station and there'll be cameras on the station and you pray, don't you, that they, they will find them. But what, what, what all these people do, all these, all these celebrities is they immediately go to their, their publicists and they sell the story. Which can't, you know, it's, you know, anything can happen to you now. You know, you can fall, fall down the stairs and immediately you can sell a story on falling down the stairs. So she's, she, um, you know, had the, the guard come over and he started talking about Emmerdale. You know, you'd have thought, actually, she'd have saved up for first class, but it was only casualties, so I'm assuming the money didn't run to first class. She says, I've never been more frightened. Thugs use snarling dog-like weapon. I've, I've a sneaking feeling that when we actually see the, the finished film of this, it won't quite be as some people remember. It's not pleasant, though, to be abused by anybody on the train. And if she was taller, and, you know, she might have been able to do something about it, or a tougher person... But you're kind of at their mercy. If you sit on a train with the public and they don't like you, you're kind of stuck with it, whether or not they're drunk or they're sober. And so here, she says, uh, they were very rowdy. They started shouting out my name. You see, at that moment, I'd have got up and moved. I'd have gone and sat in the toilet. Andy Sugden should have finished you off. You know, because people, unfortunately, when they've had a few drinks, they're a bit stupid. 
and they can't separate fact from fiction. They've got no idea what her real name is at all. It was on the television the other day. They had a, it was one of these celebrity come dine with me programmes and they couldn't remember the name of the character. Sorry, they couldn't remember the name of the actor. They kept calling him the character's name, which I suppose is testament to how, how good they were. I think it was Bruce from Coronation Street. Well, he's was, was had a few drinks and stuff like that. And um, after one... Oh, there's another thing I was going to mention to you this morning. Christo did that story we did yesterday about at what age should you have sex education for children. And now, sex toys, which are on sale at Boots the Chemist, uh, prominently displayed close to healthcare products in full view of children... Uh, what do you think would traumatise kids more, <laughs> says Frankie Boyle. I can't read exactly what he says here. But seeing your mum buying a... Or watching an old man choosing between Anusol and Boots' own brand. <laughs> to be honest with you. It's, it is... It is. We went to, to... Actually, this is highlighted because we went to a Boots in Epping ages ago. And they had, by the front door, the range of condoms and lube and stuff like that. And my goddaughter, at the time, I think it was about 13, picked up and said, what's that? Went, it's nothing. It's nothing. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Nothing to do with you. <laughs> you just worry about things like that. But I suppose we're, we're becoming a little bit more open. I'm not sure if it's a good thing or not. But I'm, I'm at that age now where I, I sort of went all through that. I like the idea that we've caught out another crook, another bent sportsman, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mervyn Westfield. Mervyn Westfield. Yesterday became the first English cricketer to be convicted of spot-fixing, you crook. He admitted taking a £6,000 bung. What a stupid ignoramus. What a complete plank, ladies and gentlemen. A 23-year-old with the mental ability of a cockroach, I'm afraid. He accepted cash from a leading star and agreed to let the opposition score a pre-arranged number of runs from his first over. Westfield's guilty plea at the Old Bailey is another blow to the cricket's image after three Pakistani aces were jailed over a separate betting scam. The star said to a bribe, Westfield was not identified in court. But the judge, Anthony Morris QC, says the alleged corrupter is a name known to me and I'm sure known to many people interested in cricket. That'll be on the internet very shortly. I'm telling you, it didn't take very long for these things to make there. So, uh, Mervyn Westfield, you prat. Oh, dear, I'll see. 6,000 quid. Shame, get out. Go and stack shelves, mate, for a living. You're not fit for purpose. Absolutely not. Do you know, I didn't realise there was so much corruption in, in sport. In my day, you know, you just sort of went out there and thought, you know, did you think... I never even thought about corruption. Never even thought about it. 84850, uk. And uh, we'd, we'd like to know if you are superstitious. Oh, sausages give you the big, the big C risk. Sausages, it says here. Bacon for lunch, a ham lunch and sausage for tea, up the risk by 60% of pancreatic cancer. Blimey, it's going to put people off, isn't it? People say that uh, it's, it's in Sweden, so it's, you know, never anything to do with us. Ours are far too. It's only in Sweden where they worry about this kind of thing. Uh, they aren't sure if it's fat, salt or additives that increase the danger, or whether it's down to red meat lovers putting on weight. Because as you heard earlier on, Kolech doesn't eat red meat, she only eats white meat, which is supposed to be healthy. But then I'm sure I read a survey a short while ago which said that red meat was just as good for you. That sort of makes you more of a man. You know, if you're a woman, it's not much use. You know, you don't want to end up like Jodie Marsh or something like that. But, I mean, you can, you, you can eat red meat and it's supposed to be quite good for you. Did they do a survey with Eskimos? Eskimos were so used to eating seal meat and they would eat it raw. They actually, whereas I can't, I, couldn't, I can't imagine how you ever eat raw meat. I know polar bears eat it and things like that. You know, they don't even make a fire and cook it and have a little fine pang thing going. But uh, Eskimos eat 
uh, raw seal meat, which they, they dry out and then they just chew on it. Uh, sometimes they, they do cook it. But then they brought them into Western civilization and, and they gave them cooked meat. And within a year, they had teeth problems, they had everything. So obviously raw meat is quite good for you. I can't do it. What's it? Is it steak tartare? Where they bring... And I've eaten that before and that's OK, but I couldn't eat chunks of meat. You know, if somebody sort of said, OK, here's a... We'll just take a big slice of... Could you eat? No, I couldn't eat it. If it's sliced thinly, that's OK. But I was, I was fascinated by this, this study of all the Eskimos. There's a girl of 14 here. Another tragic case, I'm afraid, of a poor girl who hanged herself in her bedroom. And um, she told of her ambition to be an actress on a website, but said, I understand how hard it is. Uh, she complained it was difficult to find auditions. Isn't it dreadful that children nowadays get so worked up to be famous, to be something, that when they get a knockback, or there isn't the, uh, there isn't the adulation there that they think there's going to be, they get so depressed... And you have to be so depressed to want to take your own life that they will actually do it. And nobody picks up on the signs. Nobody says to them, listen, you know, we have to, we have to sort of look after you. I mean, friends, uh, they, they, they've got her, um, her funeral next week and friends have been asked to wear orange to sort of cheer themselves up and, and that's what she would have wanted. You think, what a terrible waste. What a terrible waste that there is so much there. So many people crave this, this fame. And yet, for many of them, It'll never happen, because it just doesn't happen for everybody. But that's all they want nowadays. They're not, they're not concerned about anything else. Uh, she denied suggestions, or the family have denied suggestions she was being bullied. But I don't think families know when people are being bullied nowadays. I don't think they're aware of what, of what kids go through at school. And, and not just anybody. Nicola Roberts, I think, from Girls Aloud, has said in one of the papers today that she was, she was bullied uh, at school, and then it carried on later in life. She says um, uh, a Radio 1 DJ bullied her. And called her, you know, the ugly one and this kind of thing. And you think, but I mean, we were taught at school, if somebody bullied you, you just turn the other cheek. Either you want to get into a fight with somebody, you know, you don't, because everybody was bullied. Every single person, every single person. There's nobody, but nobody who went through school without being, somebody at some point would have said something to you. You know, you've either got the money. I mean, you know, you can always tell in our local Starbucks who the kid is who would be bullied if they didn't buy drinks for everybody else. Because it'll be the kid who's, who's standing at the front there going, and um, chai tea latte with cream, please, very much indeed. And we were in there the other day, and I thought, they're very, they're very busy in Starbucks. And it turns out one girl was buying the chocolate drink with all the sprinkles and the cream, and all the rest were standing around with their tongues hanging out. But they all have to follow each other in there, so they all stand there on their phones. And then I was walking through Marks and Spencer's yesterday at a slow thing, because the girl in front of me, uh, at 12, 13, whatever it was, was walking along texting as she's walking along. I felt like tripping her up and going, oh, sorry, love, did you not see me? Dreadful people, honestly. Mind you, thank goodness it's Friday, eh? Quarter to five. London's biggest conversation. LBC 97.3. LBC 97.3. Steve Allen. 13 minutes to 5, 0845 steve at lbc.co.uk or 84850. Peanuts are fine, but peanut butter often comes with palm oil, which is the vegetable equivalent of lard, said Will. Yeah, uh, there is that, the, the best peanut butter is whole earth. That, that's the one which I think everybody swears by, and I got some of that, which is good. Uh, Steve, I stopped shopping at Tesco after they constantly charge more for items at the checkout than the displayed price. You, nobody checks anymore, do they? Actually, now, you, you have to help me out of a dilemma here. I went to a supermarket yesterday and I bought three items. I bought some lamb shanks and I bought some sausages and then 
there was a special offer at the till of three little plant pots with fuchsias in, which you grow. And it's going to take about 12 weeks in a dark room or something. I'm not sure I've got 12 weeks, but anyway. So 12 weeks in a dark room. So I put them in the bag and all the rest of it. And I walk out and I get home. And I'm going through and I'm thinking, wait a minute, that should have been £15. But I was only charged £13. So I go on to the till receipt. They've not charged me for the little pots of flowers, which were £2. Now, I don't know whether or not... Should I then have got back in the car and gone back to the supermarket for the sake of £2? Or do I kind of go... Well, the next time I'm in there, I'll give them £2. Because you can't just give them £2. What are they going to do with £2? They haven't got anything to scan. So I don't really know what to do. I'm in a bit of a... And I, I'm, I'm worried about this for about 30 seconds, thinking it's £2. I'll donate £2 to charity. Next, past I go, next time I go past a charity box, I will give £2 to charity, and that will ease my conscience. But the truth is, I'd already got home by this point. And I wonder, really, whether or not, you know, you'd have gone back. I mean, sort of, you know, me, 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 people will probably go, yeah, 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 you should go back there. Um, I shop elsewhere, Steve. Uh, they, they, they don't mislead people. It's just that you have to check your shopping list afterwards. When you walk out, you should have an idea. Some people, when they go round, write down the, 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 the price of the goods. So when you get to the checkout, you check them. I've seen people querying it, saying, how much was that? And they go, so-and-so. And you go, well, actually, on the shelf, it says this and that. So you're supposed to check yourself. You can't, you know, you cannot expect a store who carries upwards of 70,000 different items. That's why you'll always see people going around with the barcode machine. And people will check it. But occasionally, mistakes are made. But, you know, you have to check yourself, you know. You can't expect them to do everything for you. Uh, Carolyn says, my eldest son, 38 now, was born on Friday the 13th. Best day of my life. He's quite normal, she says. You see, Friday the 13th, I mean, for goodness sake. I don't think it makes any difference. It depends whether you, whether you think you're superstition. Um, I'd love to know, says Phil, what the Laughing Cavalier was laughing at. <laughs> Who knows? Perhaps the... Perhaps the uh, the artist was naked, I don't know. And uh, will you be watching Madonna on Graham Norton's show tonight, Steve? No. Absolutely, I can't stand Madonna. I really can't. The only time I liked Madonna was when, holiday, and that was about it. And then she was friendly with Michael Jackson. She turned up at the Oscars and she was swathed. I think she was performing in white mink or fake, whatever it was. She looked fantastic. And that was it. Uh, as an actress, wouldn't give you threepence for her. I really don't rate her as an actress at all. But that's just an opinion. You know, I seem to be keeping with everybody else in the world as well, though, because most of her films go straight to DVD, which sort of gives you a rough idea where, where people... You know, nobody's going to go Madonna, great actress, but they're going to go, she's, uh, she's an interesting person. I'm not saying I wouldn't want her on In Conversation, but, uh, but she's, she's sort of way above things like that. You know, you get people that move into a different, different level. Uh, one here says, Steve, I still eat skips and only 82 calories a bag. Yeah, it's, it's because there's nothing in them, is it? It's just air. And it is, and as was pointed out before, elderly people um, eat them because they put them on their tongue and they don't need to chew them, they just melt. Because I don't know what's in a skip. I really don't. Uh, talking of superstitions, says Mike, my fiancé, who's an A&E sister, told me a while ago about a man they had in who died. They were expecting him to die, so I had relatives surrounding him. And at the moment he died, the ceiling tile above him lifted up and banged down hard, frightening everybody. Fits in nicely with opening windows to let the soul to leave on death. Puts the hair up on the back of my neck. You can always say that, can't you? If, if somebody dies, there's going to be something. I'll tell you what, what you will notice, and I noticed it. When, when you have somebody around you that dies, every time you turn on the television, there'll be a programme about somebody dying. You can guarantee, you know, if, if nobody around you has died, 
that you, you won't notice any programmes on the... T- the moment somebody dies around you, you'll turn on the television, they'll be dealing with death. You know, hear about death, hear about this, hear about that, and, 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 that's, and you start thinking, are they doing this deliberately to target me? It's a new programme coming up on the television. It's uh, Ronnie Biggs's ex-wife, who will tell of her tumultuous relationship with a great train robber. God, dear, the sooner he goes, the better. The sooner the baby Jesus takes him, the, ha- <coughs> the happier we will all be, I'm afraid. Uh, Mrs Biggs is going to be filmed in Manchester, London, Paris, Melbourne and Rio de Janeiro. It will chart the ta- tainted love story of Charmaine, now 72, and Ronnie, 82. I mean, the fact, despite the fact he cheated on her every five minutes, who remotely interested in that? Who is remotely interested? Woman goes out with old crook. Old, still-alive crook. Who's interested? Nobody. I shouldn't think. But they're going to be showing that uh, on ITV. Apparently, Director of Drama Commissioning at ITV, Laura Mackey, says, Mrs Biggs is the heartbreaking story of Charmaine's enduring love for Ronnie Biggs. God, blimey, we're plumbing some depths, aren't we, at the moment? Who's remotely interested? Can't, perhaps they've got no idea... I've got no idea. Did you know that uh, Paul O'Grady was going to be a judge on The X Factor and he had a row with the director? He has lots of rows, Paul O'Grady. When he was filming his uh, show, he was filming next to a friend of mine filming another show and the rows were legendary. You could hear the screaming and the shouting coming from the studio. People get very irate in, in television. But uh, he, he, he decided not to do it. And then apparently uh, Fern Britton was also up for one of the jobs. And uh, I'd quite like to see Fern doing that. I'm not sure if I'm interested in the Alicia Dixons of this world. I, I, I couldn't really care less. It, it, it doesn't make any difference. I'd just like to see some people that we, that we trust their judgement, provided they can be honest. If they're not honest, I don't want to see somebody sitting on there trying to, you know, sort of pretend that they know what they're talking about. You know, if somebody comes on stage, I'm of the firm opinion, I'm sorry, you're rubbish. I'm telling you, you're rubbish. You know, it's no good standing there, you know like some sort of blob when you can't sing or dance or juggle or do anything at all. You've got to tell them. But then they're making a television programme, so you know for six weeks you're going to put up with the stupids and we'll all laugh at them and they'll be the ones getting the coverage in the paper because there is no story otherwise. There's no point in putting good news in the paper. The papers only want bad news. Good news doesn't sell. There was a good news paper, I think it was a Christian publication, and uh, nobody bothered. Who wants good news? You know, woman crosses road today, survives. Mm, lovely. It's no, no interest. It's of no interest at all, I'm afraid. And um, uh, due to the early start, says Brigitte, I have to podcast the show every day and the extra one, and I listen every afternoon when I'm walking the dogs. They gave me very strange looks as I walk along laughing as I go. <laughs> Two willies, Jeremy Carlin, embarrassing bodies, had me in stitches. Oh, and I'm watching Celebrity Big Brother. Because we, we were talking about having... having two willies the other day, because we thought it'd be quite funny on embarrassing bodies, because there's all these people that go on there, and they go, you know, I'm, I'm too embarrassed to talk about it, but here's a film crew, and not only will I talk about it, but I'll show you at the same time, and we all go, no, no, don't take your clothes off for us. Why do people want to do that? Why do people want to do it? Because they're show-offs. Because it's like the people on the Jeremy Kyle show. They're all, they're, they're not all there in the brain department. It's like, I said yesterday, and I watched it again yesterday, darts, the chav show. It's full of the worst naff people you've ever seen. All the women in the audience... All the women. That's the women in the audience. There's nobody refined watching darts at all. The blokes playing it have all got tattoos up the side of their neck and earrings. Earrings! How gay is that, ladies and gentlemen? Earrings on men, I ask you. We've only got to see little kids walking around now with earrings in. Puffs. There you go. That sums it up completely. Why do parents put earrings on little boys? What earrings? They're for women! Earrings. You know, I mean, I've seen some people, they've got piercings in places. I didn't even know you could have piercings. 
You know, I'm, I'm looking next door. I'm not too sure whether or not Holly and Joe haven't got secret piercings. You know, I reckon Holly could sort of take a few items off and you could find she's tattooed from head to toe. You know, member of a secret Japanese sort of samurai gang or something. And I reckon Joe's got a couple of piercings that he'll be willing to show us, you know, as the programme trucks its merry way through to 6.30. Uh, on the subject of Tesco and Andrew Stone, Paul had the misfortune to read an online interview with the irritating Mr Stone. I mean, he, he's just too stupid. For a man of his age, he's too stupid. He's like a three-year-old. He was telling everybody who would listen that he was misunderstood and bullied. Who cares? Who cares? Get over yourself. Maybe he says, I'm getting a bit old and had a senior moment, but am I the only one who came to the conclusion after watching his performance in the ten minutes I saw of him in the Pineapple Dance Studio that not, no, not only did he not come across as a very nice person in his attitude to others, but he was so up himself. He had a fully furnished flat up his own bottom. His performance in Come Dine, also a case in point. In fact, so anxious to promote his latest project, the producers obscured the logo on his T-shirt. I wasn't a huge fan of Mr Spence in that show, but at least he had something that Mr Stone lacked, and that's a personality. Yes, I mean, he really is just, one, you know, I think he's, he's one of these stupid people. When he sat there in this huge shopping centre signing a copy of his ghastly musical debut, it was so awful. Um, it was just ridiculous. And you think, perhaps you are that, that stupid. You know, but we do have a few of them, don't we? We have, we have people who are just irritatingly no-talented people. I, I hate to keep mentioning Nancy Delolio, but frankly, I mean, this woman has no talent at all. She can't help it. It's not her fault. She sadly believes she's got something, and she's, she thinks that she, she's great, but the rest of the country are going, go away. Go away. You're a great irritant, I'm afraid. On the subject of Tesco, uh, although the fact they were the last to act in the price war didn't help them, in my local one, it seems to be the staff's total disinterest in the customers that puts people off. Being like yourself, Steve, a person who spent many years in retail, the first thing I was made aware of was courtesy costs nothing. We were always told... You know, go up to somebody. Because if you're a salesman in a shop, you sell things. Don't stand there like a wooden plank. You know, go up to people. We were always told, if somebody walks... That's the first thing I was told. Somebody walks into the department, whether it's carpets, curtains, soft furnishings, you know, make... It doesn't matter. You have to go, hello. I mean, yesterday I go to Bentall's. And I go to buy some aftershave from the Estee Lauder counter. So there's a girl standing there, and just as I go up to the counter, she moves a bit round the side and is staring into the distance. So you have to go, <clears throat> so that she turns round. Yes? Uh, do you have any intuition for men? Yes, it's round here. I thought, I know what it looks like. I don't want to see it. I want, do you have any? So we walk round the back, and um, and she finds it. And so I go, yes, it's fine. So I'd like to walk back round here. I thought, I could have stayed where I was. It was a totally pointless exercise. And then I, so I then go to John Lewis. And I buy, I go to the Estee Lauder counter and I buy two. I said, can you tell me how much it is? Because they do vary sometimes. And it was, it was exactly the same price. And so I said, uh, how much is it, please? And she said, oh, it's £47. I said, well, I'll, I'll have two. And so there's no sort of please or thank you. They just put them in a bag. And you think, I've just spent nigh on £100. I'm expecting you to carry the thing to the car for me. Where's the service in shops? Answer, there is no service in shops. I realise that it must be, you know, really demeaning if you're standing there and you're bored and your mind's switched off or you've had a late night or you've got a hangover, but at least the girls who work on the makeup counters can trowel on as much makeup as they want. And that way you look healthy. It's only the boys that can't do it. Oh dear, sad to report that TV personality Kerry Katona, 
Should that not be TV no personality, Kerry Katona, is, uh, is hosting this celebrity wedding planner thing. Kerry Katona organises a couple's big day in Liverpool. That'd be great, wouldn't it? I tell you, what a day that could be. Good old Kerry Katona. Still dragging out that same time-honoured story of I'm doing it for my kids, which is wonderful. I'll be doing it for you and for the love of it, ladies and gentlemen, after the news, which is coming up next on LBC 97.3. 0845 6060 973, steve at lbc.co.uk or 0845 6060 I forgot which I was doing now. 0845 6060 84850 or steve at lbc.co.uk. You'd think I should remember these things, shouldn't you, for goodness sake? It is Friday. Sam Pittis has the news at six. Uh, no, it's not. It's at f- You see, look at this. How many senior moments can you have in 30 seconds? Answer as many as I want, because it's my programme. So Sam Pittis has the news at five, which is next. FM, online and digital radio, London's biggest conversation. This is LBC 97.3. LBC 97.3. Call 0845 6060973. Text 84850. Steve Allen. Morning. Four minutes past five, is it? I can't even read the clock this morning. Mind you, it's one of those panic stations, isn't it? <laughs> Where you sort of, all of a sudden, you've got the radio on and somebody says, it's five minutes past six. And you go, what? What? And you immediately have to start looking at the clocks, because I've got clocks everywhere at home. I've got three in the bathroom. Three, four in the bathroom. Two stuck to, I've deliberately bought bathroom clocks. One of them is, um... Uh, one of these digital readouts. The other one is, is a proper tick, tick, tick thing. And then I've got a huge one above the bath, which is held on by Velcro. I have to, if ever it falls in the bath, we're all going to die. But uh, I've got this thing up there. So I've got clocks everywhere. And I've got a clock. In, actually, I've just realised I've got an extra one. I've got one in the shower, one above the bath, one on the digital radio, and two on the mirror above the basin. I've got clocks everywhere. And in the, in the bedroom, I've got one, two, three, four, five clocks in the bedroom. I must be obsessed with clocks, actually. I've suddenly realised. It's a strange... Perhaps it's a superstition. Because it's Friday the 13th. Uh, it's traditionally the day that we become more superstitious, or we worry about superstitions. And, and I don't know whether or not you are a superstitious person. If you are, I'd love to hear from you. Of the, what, what sort of... Because some people will not go to work today. Some people will take the day off. They will not get in the car... Uh, they will also do things as a routine. And if they do something that is out of kilter, something that is out of their routine, that will throw them out for the rest of the day. It's like putting on, you know, your right sock first or your left sock first. Or when you get up in the morning, I have a routine. I do everything exactly the same every time. The alarm goes off. I throw back the duvet. I say throw back and oh, peel the duvet back. <laughs> Put, you know, swing myself out of bed because the bed's quite high. Don't ask me why I swing it. So I, I bought one of these these tempura mattress kind of things, and it's, it's, it's very bizarre to get out of, and it doesn't look very gainly. And I switch the alarms off, turn the light off, make the bed, turn the other light on, turn the first light off, because one light builds up and the other one doesn't, and into the bathroom, pick up the shaver, turn on the digital radio, into the kitchen, make a cup of tea, from there, into the sitting room, sit down, take tablets, uh, have a shave, watch the television, catch up on the news, at quarter past two, sounds ridiculous, doesn't it, into the shower, have a shower, out of the shower, so at half past, roughly, I'm ready, get myself ready, put them stuff in bags so I know what I've got, and then, uh, and then downstairs and out. And I do that five days a week. Even on the days where I'm not working, 
I still wake up at that time of the morning and then have to go back to sleep. So tonight being Friday, my routine means that I stay up a little bit later. Unfortunately, I wake up at the same time. I can't do anything about it. I I wish I could. But over the years, my my body clock is so tuned to the fact that I I fall asleep and then I wake up again. So it's nothing to wake up three or four times in the middle of the night. doesn't make any difference to me. So do you have superstitions? Do you do things, you know, when when it's thunder and lightning, do you turn stuff round, mirrors, wrap cutlery up? You know, do you sort of only go out of one door that you've not been out of or in with another door? Have you got strange family superstitions? 0845 973 And uh, whether or not you think the dumbing down of television is, I'm afraid, just reached about as far as it can go with the sleazy revelations surrounding Take Me Out, the dating show, where... Um, You've got a girl who talked about her life as a prostitute the other day. And uh, to be honest with you, I'm not sure. You know, I don't, I, I couldn't really care less what somebody does for a living. But you don't find people going on there and going, I was a radio presenter, you know, for many, many years. And, uh, you know, it was a secret thing about, you know, I don't want to see, you know, girls sitting on newspapers, you know, sitting in the newspapers telling about their life as a prostitute. It's of no interest. Uh, also, uh, Aaron, who was the gigolo at £50 an hour. And there seem to be more of these people who are creeping onto the shows, and ITV are not very happy about it. The senior bosses feel now that the channel's being dragged through the mud. Well, it's, it's more the kind of thing you'd expect on Channel 5 than ITV. ITV used to be held with some esteem, but there again, you turn on this morning with Holly Willabooby and, uh, and Pip Schofield, and they put any old thing on there. I mean, you wouldn't believe some of the stuff that's put on this morning. It used to be, when it had Fern on there, she quite clearly, you know, ruled it a little bit and knew exactly what she wanted on the programme. Now, it's, it's just, they, they, they've gone for the cheap tabloid approach, which is just not very good, not very good. Talking of not very good, here's footballer Mario Balotelli. Uh, Mario Bar- Balotelli... Uh, turned up the other day at a school in his white Bentley, okay, and and he just strolled into the canteen asking if he could use their their toilet. Now he was in the papers the other. Day. Is he all there in the brain department? I can't remember anything about Mr. Balotelli apart from he said yesterday, I think, in his interview that he was misunderstood. He's quite clearly not all there, is he? Because he turned up in his white Bentley. He spent a penny, went to the staff room to speak to teachers, accompanied by three friends. He then walked round the sixth form college, followed by cheering blue supporting teenagers. After staying for around 20 minutes, he and his friends drove off. I said, who is he? He's some footballer who's going to drive a flash car around and then go into a college and disrupt life there. Apparently, somebody says here, he walked around the campus like he owned the place. Nothing worse than delusional footballers, is there? Nothing worse. What a funny, peculiar person he must be. The residents of Essex... Oh, we'll save that one for my, for my free podcast, actually. I'll tell you why you're going to be having uh, something exciting in Essex. Only if you're a follower of the programme. If, if you're not a follower of the programme, it won't interest you in the slightest, I'm afraid. Which is always good news, actually. So we were talking earlier on about your, your superstitions and, uh, and things which, which you do. Perhaps you're a creature of habit. Perhaps you only do things. It's like, it's like the new shoes on the table. Is that a, that's a super... Why would you ever want to put new shoes on the table? I have no idea. I can't think of anybody who would ever do that. So it must go back a long, long way into time when somebody would come in and put shoes on the table and that would be considered bad news. I would have thought, actually, just sort of walking around somebody else's house in your shoes without taking them off first if they've got new carpets. You know, quite quite clearly, if, if people have got new carpets laid and they're beige, you're not going to traipse all your mud in, are you? You're going you're gonna to clean your, your shoes and possibly take them off. Also, if you're a, a shopper with Argos... 
Uh, they're slashing its shareholders' payout to make closed stores after Christmas sales slumped by 150 million. I think that's a drop of 9% on last year. Have we? Fa- so we seem to be falling out of love with, with established businesses. We seem to be falling out of love with Tesco's. We've fallen out of love with, with Argos. And yet the coffee shops are increasing. And the coffee shop people have said that they're going to be opening more and more Starbucks, more and more Cafe Nero, more and more all sorts of places. So perhaps we don't mind paying for overpriced coffee, and yet we don't want to go to Tesco. I mean, would this be the... How are Tesco going to rescue themselves? We've actually had people saying that they, they've moved away from Tesco and they've gone to, uh, to other places. And the reason that they've gone there is because they think the staff could be friendly. See, I thought people went to a place... Uh, because because of price. And that's what the supermarkets have all done. They've actually, you know, printed, this is this is a typical shopping basket, this is our price, and this is Aldi's price. Or this is, you know, they, they, they never put down, this is what it would cost in Marks and Spencers or Waitrose, because it would cost you an arm and a leg. The same, you know, if you're doing the big weekly shop for the family. And I'm always amazed at how much people stagger out the supermarkets with. Huge trolleys. Huge trolleys full of food. And you think, is that a week? Is that a week or is that half a week or a month? I don't know. We, we, we were saying earlier on that, um, that people, you know, from a, from a different generation, we, they never had supermarkets. They had the corner shop, eggs you would get from the farm, bacon you'd probably get from the farm as well, and people made everything. Nobody went out and bought anything. You would buy your sausages... But in the supermarkets, there wasn't very much. There might be cheese, but you can get that from all over the place now. But we didn't, we didn't have tin. I don't think we had tins of beans when I was younger. Everything was, was much fresher. The food was fresher. We didn't worry about sell-by dates. I'm sure we used to have potatoes sitting there, which were growing. And your mother would just cut the eyes out and then peel them and do everything else. Nobody ever... It, it, it's now all sell-by dates. Nothing lasts more than five seconds. You go out there and you go to try and buy something and you look at... I, the other day... I did normally. I'm a, perhaps it's a superstition. I don't know, but I actually look at sell-by dates, and I think, oh, wait a minute. Today is the thirteenth. The, the beef stew I had yesterday, the sell-by date was the eleventh, so it was a day out. And I'm I'm thinking back in, in in the recesses of my mind. Somebody said to me once, "Don't worry, you could eat stuff a week after," but I don't like to. But yet, when we used to put cheese in the fridge years ago, and it got a bit hard, you just cut that bit off and carry on eating it. Now. If you take cheese out of the fridge and you think, oh, I don't think I'll bother with that, and you throw it away. I throw away more stuff than, I've, uh, than I'm probably eating at the moment. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Mike says, you were talking about people wanting to fulfil dreams. Yes, I asked the other day on the programme what you would like to do that you haven't managed to do so far. And he says, I've worked very hard to try and get myself in radio, but being a very tough industry to get into, I still continue to send demos of talk shows and music shows. No luck as yet. However, that never stops me for trying. A friend of mine, uh, Steve Coleman, who's worked on lots of radio stations up north, he had, I think, an entire book full of rejection letters. He'd, he'd sent off his audition tape to everybody, whereas I only ever made two uh, audition tapes in my life. And the first one I sent off... And I sent it to uh, to Nottingham because I knew somebody who worked in Nottingham. And I thought that might be helpful because Christo was saying, quite rightly so, that sometimes it's people you know that can get you into a radio station. And so I sent it off and they sent me a very nice note back saying that I wasn't really experienced enough, which was probably quite right. And the second one I sent was to LBC. And I got a job straight away. So, I mean, how, how lucky was that? I appreciate the fact that some people... I think it's more difficult to get into a... I was going to say into a music station, but of course it's not. I mean, it's, it's almost... 
It's, it's, what does it say about LBC? It says they have impeccable taste, Joe. It means that they, I was at the right price at the right time. I was also the only freelance newsreader. The only free, for three years, there was nobody but me. And so I kind of ingratiated myself on the manager. And also, I'm at the right price. I think, you know, if, if you overprice yourself, that's it, forget it. You are doomed. But uh, provided you have no great sort of aspirations, eventually it happens. It doesn't matter what age it happens. You just have to wait. You know, if, if you're any good, somebody will, will, will spot the talent and they, will, and they will give you a job. But it's always based very much on, on who you know. Who you know can get you into a building. You then have to make sure you stay there. It's, it's, it's one of those catch-22 situations, but always, always very, very interesting, very interesting. And I, I meet people all the time who say, oh, I'd love to get into radio, I'd love to do this. And I always say the same thing. Offer yourself as work experience, but don't do a general letter to a radio station. Target it. Make sure that they know that you understand the radio station. No good just doing dear sir or madam, because that's just stupid. What, what you have to do is you have to actually target the person. You have to find out who is the programme controller, who is the assistant programme controller, who's the managing director. If you just do dear sir or madam, it proves to them that you know nothing about the station. So why would they be interested? It's like doing a selling job. Somebody said to me, if you're going to go for a job, sell yourself. Package yourself. The better you package yourself, the more chance you stand. LBC 97.3 Steve Allen. Morning. It's uh, 19, 18 minutes past five. We're talking about uh, supermarkets and your love affair with Tesco, which seems to have fought. You'd think, actually, with all the publicity they've had from Anthony Worrell-Thompson, it's obviously the place to go if you want to go shoplifting, because they haven't prosecuted. We didn't quite understand why. I'm assuming it's it's really not worth it for £100 worth, and that's why most supermarkets turn a blind eye to things like that. Uh, Plus, we're talking about being Friday the 13th, whether or not you are superstitious. And bacon, two rashes a day, kill you. That's what they're saying. They say now, if you eat bacon every day, it can be fatal. A diet packed with processed meat raises your risk of developing pancreatic cancer. I don't know what it is about cancer. It's the, I remember reading a book ages and ages ago saying you can live with cancer. Lots of people live with cancer. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those things. We've all got it, apparently. It depends whether it develops. It takes something to trigger it. So some people can go through all their life and they don't get it. And that's why you, you, you ask questions, don't you, really? Why do some children get it? Children get this and they go, oh, it's awful. And you think, yes, but there are lots of people who've lived a long time. Why don't they get it? Is it in everybody? Can they find it? Can they identify? We've pumped so much money into research and we still appear to be nowhere nearer finding a cure for cancer. Mind you, we haven't found a cure for the common cold, have we? But that's a, that's a virus, I suppose. Uh, Stephen Fry has, in the past, professed a love for watching darts, so maybe one intelligent spectator. Well, perhaps he's looking at the men on it. You know, maybe... The, I mean, I don't think he's actually looking, going, that's a very intelligent game of throwing little needles at a darts board at all. Uh, there's a big Tesco at the end of my road, West Cromwell Road. We were so pleased when it first opened, as we needn't shop in Earl's Court, which was dreadful, but years on, the quality has plummeted. Says, uh, says D, who would know these things. Uh, it says, uh, stocking is bad, you can't rely on them having things. Uh, I think that they're so rich they started not to care. That is the case with a lot of companies, isn't it? I think after a while they forget that customer care and customer loyalty is the thing that makes people go back. I've always said local restaurants in Twickenham have really got to look after clients. It doesn't matter whether they're in Twickenham or Barnes or Richmond or Leatherhead. 
or anywhere like that. But, you know, they have to rely on local custom. You don't drive through Leatherhead thinking, I think we'll look for a local restaurant. You know, if you live in, in Leatherhead, you would go to a local restaurant. The moment you get bad service, you don't bother going there again. It doesn't matter if it changes hands. You're not going to go there again because you're looking for customer loyalty. There's a pub, I think, in Twickenham. And it's not Owl. And uh, I don't think it's... It's definitely not the Barmy Arms. No, it's definitely not Al. And where if, if you have so many drinks, they give you a loyalty card, and every so many drinks, you get a free drink. And they're all doing that. They do that with, with, with coffee as well now, to try and get you to go back there. They want, but I, I not only want the loyalty, I want the friendly service at the same time. Because even though I have shopped probably every day in Waitrose, um, they haven't got the faintest idea who I am. I'm just another customer, because they never look at you. They just get you on a bag. Yes, I'll have a, a bag for li- bag for life. Okay, Tempe, and that's it. They, they, they have no contact with you at all. There's no because they, they they don't care. And if truth be known, I probably couldn't care either. But that that's what encourages you to go back to places. So when you get bad service, and I mean bad service, and you think, no, I'm not going back there again. I'm really not. I've you know I've put up with it before now, and I'm not going to do it again. And, th- and that's what it is. It's brand loyalty. And perhaps Tesco have lost that brand loyalty from their customers. They're looking for a little bit more. A little bit more, and I, and I don't quite know what it is. I don't know what it is that makes you stay with ones. I thought it was, A, if the prices were right, you know, and you were only spending so much and getting so much back from them, or, or failing that, it was convenient. You only had to go, you know, round the corner and there was your supermarket. That, that's what I always thought it was. Uh, Steve, I use the same Tesco's every time, as I'm used to the layout and everything is where it should be, says Kevin. I've tried others, but I don't like them. And uh, he says, can I mention Noreen, as nobody else ever mentions her? Well, strange enough, in your Tesco, then, they don't move it around. In my Marks and Spencers, every so often, they move it all around. So you go in there and you go, "Uh, the cakes were... Not that I buy the cakes. The cakes were here, and now, where are they now? So you spend all your time wandering around with a basket. It is the most annoying thing under the sun. Leave it where it is. You know, stop moving things around. Otherwise, you might might as well be like Hogwarts you know, with the moving staircase that you get on it and it just moves around. And, and, and in Marks and Spencers, I mean, they only seem to do it in my one in Twickenham because I've been to the one in Kingston. They don't seem to move everything around there. They just, they just, they just keep it in the same place. I mainly go to Asda, says Mary in Havering, as the stuff is cheaper, and I can buy five cooked chicken thighs for £2. In Tesco, you get three drumsticks and two thighs for £2, or five thighs for £2.50. Obviously a bit of a chicken fan there, I suspect, Mary, who knows the prices of every piece of chicken. And uh, another one here. And it says, uh, Balotelli was in a petrol station recently, paid for every petrol. He also handed a tramp a £1,000. Well, how stupid is he then? Fancy handing a tramp a thousand. What's the point of doing that? What is the point? And then Ron says, Steve, when you earn £200,000 a week, you can walk around everywhere like you own the place. Can you imagine it? You and M&S with a wallet bigger than the store's takings. I think I have got a wallet bigger than the store's takings. But, I mean, it's just, it's an arrogance, isn't it? Karen says, the reason putting new shoes on a table is unlucky is because many years ago, when somebody died and they were laid out for people to pay their last respects, new shoes were always put on them. Yes, I, th- I think you're right, actually. I think it does go back to the laying out, doesn't it? And new shoes on the table is, is bad because it means it's, it's a dead person. Is that, is that the one? So we're talking this morning about your superstitions and uh, whether... I don't think you are that superstitious, are you, really? I don't think so. Do you listen... Do you do, you do things in any sort of order? You know, putting your tights on in the morning, do you put your left leg in first or your right leg in first? You know, do you go through the... I mean, I don't know. Do you colour-coordinate your wardrobe? Would that be classed as a, as a superstition? 
I'd love, I'd love to know whether or not people are, are that, that bothered about things like that. Searing, hearing your concerns of the £2 you weren't charged in the supermarket reminded me of my experience at my local supermarket last weekend. Packed my shopping away, went to get my purse out of my bag. As the cashier said, that's £154, please. There must be a mistake, I said, as she stared at me blankly. She called over the checkout supervisor, who discovered that my one-pound butternut squash had been entered in the till as £100. My heart was thumping, says Sally, for a good time after that. Hello to the Facebookers. I mean, I I went into a shop once, and I bought some candles. And I bought nine candles at £27 each. They were Christmas gifts. It was some years ago when I had some money. And a windfall or a lottery win or something like that. And the girl put it into the till, but she made a mistake. And she charged me £270. And I said, no, it can't be. And she said, well, it is. I said, no, nine candles at at £27 is not £270. So she said, so she showed me on the till. She went, look, £270. I said, well, it's not. I said, I did maths at school, and believe you me, ten candles at £27 is £270. Nine candles is not. She wouldn't have it. She wouldn't have it at all. We stood there arguing for five minutes. In the end, I'm saying, I mean, surely I said, because I then started to lose it a little bit. I said, did you go to school? I said, can you not work this out in your own mind? And what she'd done is, she'd put in one candle at £27, and then times it by nine, which, of course, gave her ten candles, which gave the £270. But I got no apology at all. Nothing... To, you could stand there till you were blue in the face. you think, surely people were taught how to do their ten times table. I'm not expecting... I know they've got automatic tills now, but isn't it funny how, how people just believe everything that the till says to them? Well, it says this here. Well, it's wrong. It's wrong. We had a big issue years ago with Marks and Spencers that if you bought one item, the till upped the price by a penny. It was only a penny, but it upped it, and I couldn't quite work out why it was, and it was some... it was fault in the system. But every time I went in there, I would then have to stop... Because if you were buying a load of stuff, you wouldn't have noticed it. Because I only went in specifically to buy that one item, I noticed it. And it's... it really means that every time you come out of a supermarket, you have to check your bill. My mother used to go home, like probably many of you, and would get her shopping out and would sit there with, with the till receipt and would tick it all off. So she knew she'd been charged the right price for what she had. Nobody checks now, do they? They go, I'll, I'll put the till in the, ba- the receipt in the bag. So you walk out. You, don't, you just get home, you throw the receipt away. As I say, I, I have to send back some items to Amazon later, but I've lost the first receipt, so I'll have to go back and get the, the order number out, because I'm an honest person. The other thing which I'd love to hear from you this morning, do you have a personalised number plate? If you have a personalised number plate, they're saying in the paper today, because nearly one in ten of you have these number plates. One in ten. And there's all sorts, from Classy One to NAF One. Some people have their names. Apparently, Amir Khan has got Box 111G, spell Boxig. But, of course, people think it looks like Boxing, but it isn't. It's Boxig. But I suppose... And then there's another one here. There's uh, Nicky Clark's Range Rover. Carries the, the plates... H41RDO, which I think is hairdo. Also, you have to try and work out... Sometimes you sit behind someone, you have to try and work out what their, what their number plate says. Because sometimes it's, it's somebody's name or they've misspaced it or they've done something else. I used to have LBC1 uh, years ago. Well, it was H2LBC1. 
and, uh, and that was very exciting. And, and then I suddenly realised that it wasn't at all exciting, because you don't really want a number plate that draws attention to the car. What you really want, I used to love for ages, Irish number plates, because it would have R72143, and it means that you didn't denote what year the car was made, because most of the car numbers will tell you what year the car was made. Although, to be honest with you, I can't be bothered to work, try and work it out. It's like whenever you see the brand-new cars coming out of the showroom, when, when people buy them every year, the only thing that's new about the car is the number plate. The car will have been sitting in a field covered with wax for ages and ages, and then they go, oh, we finally sold this car, they take it out, they clean all the wax off, stick a new plate on it, and it becomes a new car. But the car could have been made up to two years before that. So, do you have a personalised number plate? Do you have that one? I used to love the one on Fiona Richmond's car. Fiona Richmond uh, used to appear in London theatres doing uh, raunchy things, and she had PEN15 on her number plate. And that was on a a white Rolls Royce, which used to be parked down at Chiswick. And every time I used to pass it, I used to have a little smile to myself. As you do, you know, a little smile. You'll be sitting at home, you'll be trying to work out these things nowadays. But, I mean, if you've got a personalised number plate, you are not alone. One in ten of you have it, and the prices are astronomical. People can spend up to a quarter of a million pounds on a number plate. And you do begin to wonder why. There is the to be or not to be down on the embankment, which you'll see down in Chelsea. It's LBC 97.3. Time now, 5.30. LBC 97.3. Call 0845 606973. Text 84850. Steve Allen. Morning. Talking this morning about your uh, your falling out with Tesco. You've decided that you don't want to shop at Tesco. The profits have dropped dramatically. You've also fallen out. Your love affair with Argos tailed off 9%. They have said this year we're going to see some major retailers. I think these people are big enough to weather the storm. The other day we had Little Chef and Past Times. They're all household names. But Tesco and the, the supermarket wars. I don't think, to be honest with you, Tesco's profits dropping that much is going to affect things. They're not going to start closing Tesco stores because they're enormous. I mean, there's one down at Sunbury's, absolutely, you know, giant. They couldn't close things like that down. It provides lots of employment in the local area. We're also talking this morning about private number plates. Lots of people, one in ten of you, have personalised number plates. And we've all done it. We've all seen them. We've all been on, you know, lots of celebrities have them. I think, um, I think Paul Daniels used to have magic magic on his uh, Rolls Royce and it was MAG1C and people push them together a little bit so they become illegal but I don't think the police bother about too illegal unless they really do look ridiculous and sometimes you look at somebody's thing and they think they've spelt a name and you think well you haven't really that's the nearest you can get to it because you can't afford to actually do it in America you can actually have the name up there it's just slightly different in this country morning Dave Morning, Treacle. Morning. Um, I've actually got two. Um, Oh, well, good good for you. I know they're a bit (laughs) naff. But it's something that I've always wanted. Ever since I I learned how to drive, I've always wanted uh, a personalised plate with my initials. Oh, it's just Um, got your initials. Are you like David Beckham? He has DB7. It doesn't spell anything. I've got D3 and W3 and my initials. Um, Right. But it's just something that you... It wasn't that expensive. Um, How much do you pay? I think one, the W1, I think, was about 700 quid. Oh, wow. Um, that seems quite a lot. The, the D1 was a little bit more than that, I think, but I won't tell me missus. No, don't, um, but best not. But just something something I've always wanted, to be quite honest with you. And, and we do you always, move them from car to car, or...? Uh, I've got one on the van and one on the car. Right, right. So the, the D1's on the car, which is quite nice. And you, with the van, the van, I've got the W1. 
and you get people come up and say, oh, that's in good nick for a W reach. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah, I like that as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we always shop in Waitrose. Oh, you're Waitrose customers? The Waitrose. Why? Yeah. Why Waitrose in, in particular? I think my missus is a bit of a snob. She thinks <laughs> she's got one up on the next door neighbour. <laughs> and uh, they always have a nice selection of cigars in the, in the one in, Wait- in Waitrose, oh, in Canary <laughs> Wharf. God, so you are so rich. why I go there. Yeah. And they've also got a nice little wine bar and steak bar attached to it. So Have they? I, c- I can sit there um, quite happily, and she can ponder around the supermarket on a Sunday morning. Wow. And you it, can just, eat- it just makes for a nice experience to go over there on a Sunday, have a wander around the shops, yeah. um, and then we go in and do the shopping. I sit and have something to eat while she does the shopping. It's you see, a- you've obviously got that, that perfect scenario, haven't you? Yeah, it is quite nice, quite she, nice. She you does the work. Can- we used to go to Tesco's, but I don't know, there was something about Tesco's that the people sort of looked as though they'd slept in their overalls and whatever, you know, and <laughs> White chose is just that little bit better, I think. There you go. Dave, thank you for that. So, uh, Dave's moved. He does have personalised plates, but they're just his, his initials. And £700. You used to, you can still get them. If you've got a new car, you can have your initial, sorry, the, the initial of the car, and then you have next to it, you can pick out three and everything. You do it with DBLA, and they start from about 220 quid. Um, I, I had one years and years ago. Nowadays, I wouldn't, it wouldn't really bother me. But you do see people spending a small fortune on these personalised number plates. I'm beginning to, sometimes the number plate looks like it's worth more than the car. Many of the really good ones came from um, mopeds. Mopeds, years and years ago, had just a few letters and then some numbers. And so people really, really wanted those. And so a lot of old mopeds, so people were selling them. And now they... I mean, when I, when I first started looking at things like that, um, it, was, it was all very interesting. For example, here, the registration uh, plate uh, 48BA is 9,995 quid. That's £10,000 for a number plate. £10,000. I quite like P, P-double-E-805-S, which is £4,000. But where would you ever use it? If, if ever you see a cab out there with cab 50N, that'll cost the driver six grand. Now, why would you spend six grand on that, unless your name's Cabinet or something? Because they're really expensive, these number plates. Um, a, a very small one here, 24L is £10,995, which seems quite reasonable for something that low. Uh, one here, 1YMO, is ten grand as well. Nutty, N-U-T-I-E, so I'm assuming it's N-U-T-1-E, is £14,995. But I found a better one for you this morning. And this is, uh, you can have this one for 19,000, and it's spell. I don't know what this one spells, P-L-A-7-3-R. What's that spell? P-L-A-7-3-R, what do we think that is? Well, I've lost it now. P-L-A-7-3-R. Plaza, I suppose, or so. 19,000, why would that be so expensive? I would have thought the other one, uh, there's one here for any of the water rats listening, 472 rat is 3,495. Rot. ATS is four thousand. Seems to be the standard price, doesn't it? Oh, that we've have found one. <laughs> Make of this one what you want. S H A six one N. I think you'll have to spell it out for yourself to see what it looks like, and that will cost you twenty two thousand pounds. <laughs> I think I might. Say, I quite fancy the idea of knob ATX for five grand. I think that's quite funny. You could have things like that. But uh, so the most expensive here is twenty thousand pounds, and that's cheap. 
And this is, uh, this is from Motormarks. Uh, their fun, cherished car number plate. But you've got to take out a second mortgage for these things. A second mortgage for your number plates. Interesting, isn't it? And y- you can get... Pers- and then they do it, you know, via... The, you sort of send off your money, the registration, then you get the plate made, and then you get it put on the car. Then you drive around. I mean, I never, ever think that people look at my car and look at the number plate. I think people look at the car and then look and see who's driving it. Then they see it's me and they don't, bo- they don't bother anymore. Bit of a shame, isn't it, really? Uh, some more of your... Uh, got loads and loads of your texts coming in as well to the programme this morning. Um, Cliff says, I've been trying for weeks to buy self-serve olives. They have small and large containers. but only have large ones available at larger prices. This is at, uh, at Tesco, I'm afraid. Uh, on the topic of the Mrs Big story, says, Kim, I was watch it as Dave Kennedy's wife, Dave being one of the big decoys in the great train robbery, Reenie Kennedy, was my babysitter. They lived upstairs from my parents in Kildon Road in Clapham. They were part of the Richardson gang, who were in opposition to the Cray twins. Oh, right, yes, of course, yes, the Richardsons and the Crays. There was, there was no love lost in London. Uh, Mark the Bailiff is up and out this morning. He'll be collecting cars today for people who haven't paid the, uh, the money that they owe on them. Uh, Julian says... What a surprise. Argos. Ordered new bed, which was in stock. I'm still waiting three months later. Hopeless. And I hope the promised compensation is more than a blooming voucher. I suspect it probably will be a voucher. That's what they offer nowadays, don't they? I think that's what they offer. Uh, Darren says, uh, brilliant analogy of supermarkets being like Hogwarts. Even our local village shop in the village moves things around and have to ask to find them. Apparently, the reason for moving stuff around is so that when you go in there, you go to where you think it is and there's something new, and they hope that you're going to like that new item and buy that. But I just get frustrated. I just stand there and go... I've, I've started going onto the floor and going, and banging my hands against the floor. You know, what is it? I can't find pita bread! You know, because you get a bit carried away with these things, don't you? I don't like to... I, I, I'm, a, I'm a creature of habit. A creature of habit. I like to know exactly where everything is... New shoes on the table, says Mark, uh, who's not Mark the bailiff, goes back to when people were hanged. They were dressed and new shoes were put on the table. Well, they used to leave them hanging, didn't they? After somebody was hanged, uh, they would leave them hanging there. Then the hangman would undress them, uh, take the body down and then dress them again. So it could be that as well. I'm I'm prepared to buy into either of those stories. Uh, Jimmy White's number plate is Q-Boy, C-U-E-8-O-Y. Eight, of course, being made to look a little bit like a B. So people start, sometimes people change them with a, with a felt-tip marker. I've seen that happening quite a lot. Uh, eight for eight five zero. Oh. I've never written, says Natalie, to any LBC presenter before. So there you go. And uh, she says, uh, being uh, Japanese... Oh, she said, talk about shoes. It was very bad luck to put a pair of new shoes and walk out of the house wearing them. I don't know why, but there you have it. And being Japanese, my grandmother always gave us chopsticks to use. We weren't all allowed to leave the chopsticks standing straight up in the food. I've Googled that, and apparently it's worse when stuck in rice. Just thankfully, my mother's not at all superstitious. I love it. I have JM1 number plate. Says, uh, says somebody, a present from my parents. Cost under £110,000. What would be the point of JM1? I don't understand why somebody would have a number plate like that. JM1. And a hundred something thousand pounds. It's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> Howard Renfield says Anthony Wall Thompson's bringing a new book next Monday, priced at ninety nine pence. It's a steal. Okay, thank you. You must perhaps we should send all these to him. And Justin says thirteen is our lucky number. My wife and I met when we were thirteen. Married on Friday the thirteenth, the wonderful day. Because some people aren't superstitious at all. Uh, player says Chris is P L A seven three R player. 
That spells play... Don't, don't it's a bit like having to work out predictive text, isn't it? You know, when you look at... Pre- I mean, sometimes I'll type in something to send somebody a text, and they and it'll put up a different word, and you think, well, how the dickens have you come up with that? I hate predictive text. So Chris says that player, P-L-A-7-3-R, is... That, that's what it spells. It's player. If I, if I sat behind it on a... I don't know. I wouldn't see player there. But now, now you, you've told me it helps a little tiny bit, I'm afraid. There you go. Somebody else... T- Thomas has told me it's player. All right. Away with enough on that. And I bet Philip's going to tell me the same. There you go. He said, I remember... He says, I want to know if any of your listeners from the Ilford area remember another plate, I think from the 60s or 70s, on a souped-up American car, Ego One. E-G-O One. That'd be a good number plate, wouldn't it? I, I quite like that idea. Ego One. Very nice. Very nice indeed. But uh, if you have one... What is treacle rhyming slang for, says Jill? It's not rhyming slang for anything. I used to have a driver years ago... And uh, he called all his girlfriends Treacle, because he couldn't remember their names. And so if he called them all Treacle, so he'd pick up the phone and go, all right, Treacle. He'd pick up the phone and call them Treacle. And it just, it kind of stuck. It just made me laugh every time his phone rang. And I used to say, who's that? He goes, I don't know. All right, Treacle. And it, it just seems like, it's like I call people Poppet. Can't help it. It's, a, it's probably terribly demeaning to people. It's like, I, I wouldn't call anybody Love. I wouldn't call anybody Love. Um... Because I'm just not sure if, if you can call people love. Or, or fed, you, you would never say to someone... We had this the other day, didn't we? You would never say to somebody, you're a pretty little thing. Because we thought that sounds a little bit, little bit patronising. You're a pretty little thing, as you pat them on the bottom. You know, I'll try that in the office later, actually. I'll see how that one goes down later. I might try it before I leave the studio. Who knows? I might just sort of pat one of the member of the staff on the bottom and go, you're a pretty little thing, aren't you? Let's see how long it takes them to get me into court. It's uh, quarter to six. Certainly is. Don't forget, uh, we have a free podcast for you every day, which is, uh, it's, it's almost like a, it's a Christmas gift, and you can download it. Uh, we, we record it just after the programme at 6.30, and, uh, and then it'll be up for you probably about quarter past seven, something like that. And then there'll be the, the other podcast on the programme as well. So it's the programme podcast, and then Steve Allen's little bit of extra for you, which is quite nice. So that'll be up there a little bit later on. And thank you, because we're now on iTunes as well. We've managed to creep up. We were on the iTunes chart the other day. I couldn't believe it. We went up to number 13. I mean, I've, I've got a bit of a competition out there. In fact, I've got quite a lot of competition out there. How I can compete with sort of national people and everything else is totally beyond me. So we were very excited that we'd actually got in there. We're all going, yeah. Peter says, um, my boss has the plate name Craig C, because his name is Craig Coleman on his Porsche, which is nice. Uh, it turns out one of the glasses was a custom made, which cost 350 and so was added VAT, says Jane Raynham. Uh, Lisa says Tesco deserve to lose profit. They don't care. Delivered four cartons of cream dated 24th of December for Christmas. The pickers don't use their brains. We're hearing this a lot, actually, from, from Tesco. Is that why you've fallen out with, with Tesco? But mind you, when it comes to Argos, why would you fall out with Argos? Because you go there, you look through, through the catalogue, and then you go to the counter and you order it. And, in fact, you, you, you go to the machine. I always go to the machine to see if they've got it in stock. If they haven't, I find, I find something else. Kev the Milkman says customer service is everything. I know nearly all my 400 customers by their Christian name, uh, and that's where no supermarket can touch us, independence for friendliness. Exactly. Exactly. I should imagine I probably know 400 of you as well. I probably know your names as well, because, you know, I've seen many of you over the the years, so I I know these things, and luckily the brain hasn't gone (laughs) completely. Best plate I've seen is on a taxi in Basildon, uh, which is bus to pub, says Blair, which is good. And uh, Johnny says, 
Uh, I have the registration number SUI1406. It costs £35. No money at all. Tony the cabbie has got his uh, initials uh, on... Uh, what's it? I've lost it, actually. He says, I've, I've got mine... Oh, blimey, it keeps moving here. Stop refreshing yourself. On my London taxi, which is S8TDE, which only cost me 250 quid, all done. Uh, see, the number plate is player... And Nick says, my current VW Golf was made to order due to the specification, was given the date of manufacture and had to wait over five months for delivery from Germany. Crikey. So there you go. Uh, Wendy says, I was lucky enough to buy a van a few years ago, which had my initials on the plate, WP. And I left Tesco's Tesco's two years ago for Morrison's and I will never go back. Lynn says, I've never liked Tesco, shop at Asda, but always M&S for the superior quality meat and chicken. Brian reminds me that the saint... Had ST1 on his car back in the TV series. Was that real because it was driven on public roads? Well, I don't know. I don't know, actually, about that. I'm, I'm really not sure. Alistair in Bedfont, player, thank you very much indeed. And Tim in Hertfordshire wants to know who has the plate musical, which would be MU51CAL. MU51CAL. Do let me know as to whether or not... Uh, you know who has that number plate. Brian is uh, in Hampton. He says, I will be making my Friday visit to the big Sainsbury's in the Uxbridge Road later. Nice, friendly staff there. And this is the, the, this is the thing which tempts you to go to a place. It's service, isn't it? Morning, Terry. Hello, mate. Good morning. Morning. Yeah, Tesco's, gosh, you know, I'm surprised they're, um, they've taken such a big hit. But it makes mm. sense because... Um, <sighs> I just go in there. Now, mm. I'm almost forced to go in there, really. Is it and, your nearest? But, yeah, pretty much. Right. And there's boxes all over the place. Staff constantly all crawling around on the floor with boxes, trying to mm. trying to sort the place out. There's, and, and there's never what you need on the shelves. Quite often, the popular things, some of the popular little snacks. Yeah. They're just not there. And um, I. It's it's just they've opened up a lot of branches in North London. Yes. They have, they have the, the Tesco metros, don't they? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and they're, they're kind of like, um... I just... You're not happy, much. are you? I can tell you. are a bit emotional about it. Well, you know, you kind of rely on, you know, what they offer you. You know, mm. it becomes your diet. Yes, yes. You know, it becomes kind of like, you know, it's the choices you have, you know. I mean, and, um, it just seems the staff are, I mean, you know... Quite often, they work long hours, mm. and they're quite smelly, some of them, mm. especially the guys. Yes. Well, and but I don't think anybody ever checked. You see, I'm, I remember going into a, a very posh store, yeah. and I remember saying it on, on the radio, because I was so horrified. I'll tell you where it was. It was Fortnum and Mason's. And I had to go and collect some wine from downstairs that was ordered by a friend of mine. And I was so shocked that their shoes... I know it seems, it yeah. seems petty now, but their shoes of the blokes were, were filthy dirty. Now, when I worked in retail, you would walk onto the floor in the morning and the manager would go, you know, yes, you look smart enough to meet customers. You're sub- you know, we're not saying you're supposed to drench yourself in aftershave, yeah. but you have, to, you have to look presentable. You have to look as though you've actually had a bath. And also, they crowd, they crowd they've got these displays by the counters now. Mm. And the time, number of times I trip up trying to get to the till, yeah. and the tills are always really small. Yes, but you that's know, actually a big seller for them. That's where, and they do it in Iceland as well. Yeah. They actually put loads of things by the tills because that's their, they, they actually want to push that particular item for that particular day. I just always 
feel compared to somewhere like um, Marks and Spencers or somewhere where yeah. you know it's all a bit more civilized. I just always feel like it's a little bit of an ordeal going to Tesco's. Well, yeah. perhaps that's why. I mean, pa- yeah. perhaps you 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 might be right because the, the the profits have tumbled and city analysts are saying they need to to kickstart themselves because once things start to slide, it isn't the fact that it started to slide; it's the fact people talk about it. And when we were talking about the little chefs the other day, the, the publicity that they got on the programme was not great. I mean, I always liked them. I thought, we, you know, we got very excited when we saw what was in an Olympian breakfast, and it was £7.49. But most people we spoke to yesterday were not big fans of little chefs at all, so I always thought they had such a good reputation. Tesco, I thought, had a very good reputation, and quite clearly things have been allowed to slide. Whether or not it's because they keep having different chairmen and, and the store managers are not up to the standard, because you've got to be able to tell people. You know, I mean, I have actually been in there, uh, not just Tesco, but other supermarkets as well, where, where you get to the checkout and they go, this one's closing. And you go, why? I'm a customer. You know, I mean, even in Marks and Spencers, admittedly, not all the checkout assistants are great in there. I know, I know a fair number of them. And if there's more than two or three people in the queue, they ring the bell so that somebody else will come and serve, because we are the lifeblood of the supermarkets. If you actually get to Tesco, and there's queues a mile long, I've sometimes, only on odd occasions, I've put the basket down and walked out, because I'm not going to stand there for, for, you know, sort of 20 minutes waiting to go through the blooming thing. It's just not worth it. They have to realise that in this country, which is what they realise in America, service is paramount. They're a service industry in America. I know it gets infuriating with, have a nice day, and I wish they'd stop doing it in my local Starbucks, because I'll drag somebody over the counter before the week is out. Because it just sounds stupid, a Polish girl going, you have a nice day. Because I'm not, she doesn't, don't say it, I've told them before, don't say it. It's very infuriating, we don't do that in this country, we just go, thank you. Okay, the Americans do have a nice day because they're they're brought up to say that and it works very well. But they're in a service industry. We're we're not in a service industry. Sounds ridiculous to British person going, hello, because you know they don't mean it because they'd rather be out the back with a fag on. Because it's so funny, you go around TGI Fridays, you've got the, the front of house staff, hello, all jolly jolly, go around the side and there they all are with fags on, which kind of defeats the object as far as I'm concerned. But it's service, isn't it? In shops, it makes you want to go back there. You get nice service, somebody puts themselves out. It's great. It's great. I'm always asked, you know, can you pack your your bag yourself or would you like some help? And up until now, I've managed to pack my bag myself. But that's probably what it is. The other thing that's very infuriating, and it happened the other day uh, at the Lincoln Centre's Avery Fisher Hall in New York. They were doing, I think it was Mahler's Ninth Symphony. And they're just getting to the crescendo and somebody's phone goes off. And it course. It, it puts so turned it off, rings again. The conductor stops the orchestra. Right, he said. Are you going to turn that thing off, or are we going to do this concert? And eventually, the bloke turned his phone off, mainly because there were people going, right, throw him out, kick him out. Ignorant people who have their phones on at the most inopportune moments. How many times have you seen some complete dingbat at a petrol station standing there, putting petrol in the car on their phone because they're too stupid even tie their own shoelaces up. These people are out there. But there's nothing worse in theatres. I think a very famous actor did it. He came to the front and said, listen, either the phone goes or I do. It's as simple as that. But uh, they were so shocked. Anyway, they then actually uh, went back to doing the concert. So people did get to hear Marla's Ninth, which is quite nice with or without ringtones. Talking this morning about Tesco's. 
and your experiences, because the uh, the profits have dropped. The good news, I forgot to mention the good news. I knew there was some good news this morning. They're going to open a bit of the Hammersmith flyover. I don't care what they're saying. I drive under it every day. I've seen nobody. Apparently, they're inside the structure. Well, they must be like borrowers, because I don't know how they're getting inside this thing, unless it's all hollow. I have no idea, but I'm, I see lots of vehicles, I see no lights on, I see lots of cones, and I see lots of, oh, look, we're sort of really doing roadworks here, but I've seen nobody working on it. I'm told they're inside it. I've yet to see this. Um, my dad had a car in the 70s, says uh, Woody, with the registration Love One. Uh, my brother drove it through the garage, he sold it for spares for £90. I wonder what that would be worth today. Quite a lot, Love One, L-O-V-1. We're talking about how much your personalised number plates uh, are to go. Uh, welcome to Ready Steady Cook, Steve. So, Anthony, you have £5 to spend. What's in your bag? Because you know they actually go, go through it when they do Ready Steady Cook. Organic chicken, langoustine, rice, stock, wine, scallops, onions, garlic, stilton, brie, goat's cheese and three bottles of carver and a bottle of blue nun. And I've still got £2.74 left over. The jokes will continue to run for poor Anthony Worrell-Thompson. He will rue the day he went to Tesco's. Mind you, if people are not surprised the profits have dropped, if he were paying for all his goods, it might have been a little bit different. It's LBC 97.3. It's nice to have your company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Only here till 6.30. So we're talking about your personalised number plates. Uh, we're also talking about your falling out of love with Tesco's this morning as profits plummet. And superstitions. Are you a superstitious person? Being Friday the 13th means it is one of the most superstitious days. Apparently, if a black cat walks towards you, it brings you good fortune. Other way, not so good. On FM, online and digital radio, London's biggest conversation. This is LBC 97.3. It is in 50 minutes. LBC 97.3. Call 0845 6060973. Text 84850. Steve Allen. Morning. Superstitions, because it's Friday the 13th. Apparently, if a mirror in the house falls and breaks by itself, someone in the house will die soon. Presumably if it drops on top of them. Dropping an umbrella on the floor means there will be a murder in the house. Oh, that's ridiculous, honestly. I've dropped pillars. I've done a murder for ages. Uh, if you catch a falling leaf on the first day of autumn, you won't run with. Third is a misfortune. Oh, that's it. We're not going out today, are we? Uh, Steve, on the subject of personalised number plates, I, I saved money and changed my name to X878DHF. Old Gabbard's very good one, thank you. Uh, Steve, I did see a Rolls Royce the other day, a brand new one with water. To this day, won't have Tesco products in the house. <laughs> and Steve, people behave. And if it becomes sloppy in the management, it becomes sloppy all the way down the line. Rich in Croydon says, I always use Tesco. They're great. Never have a problem with them. Uh, Michael says, how about people with who buy number plates with A1 and then their initials? Is anything more vain than that? I don't know, actually. I don't know. I think it's rather bizarre, actually, the whole thing. Claire says, my mum, my mother hated the number 13 and always avoided it wherever possible. It could be quite inconvenient at times. Sadly, she died on January the 13th last year. Ha ha. So, Dominic in um, Leatherhead, he doesn't go to Tesco. So, there you go, he's, he's another one. And uh, back in the 70s, says Mitch Murray, I had a yellow Rolls Royce with the number POP1, P-O-P-1. I'd bought it for a few hundred pounds and had to sell it for about 1,500 
when the spiteful Labour government declared that personalised number plates would no longer be facilitated. Great to have it at the time, but I find it really embarrassing today. Pop one. That's the kind of thing you see. I mean, you could have that. Mitch Murray had a very good record out years ago. He'd be bored with me telling the story again, which um, was called Down Came the Rain. He actually, uh, he does all sorts of things now, but uh, luckily probably a tax exile, the other side of, uh, of the channel, and he's probably enjoying it. It's on the Isle of Man. Oh, lovely. A yellow roll. When you think about it, a yellow Rolls Royce. That must have been something, wouldn't it? A yellow Rolls Royce. Uh, Brian says the Queen does not have a number plate. No, she doesn't on her car. She doesn't. Uh, but this year, Her Majesty had one called One is Diamond Geezer. In America, you can have all sorts of things, can't you? I think you can actually put your name on it. I could put, like, Steve Allen or something on it. Not that I would. Because I always work on the assumption, if, if, if it's all right to have Pop One. Pop One is quite good. I should imagine Simon Cowell would love that. I mean, that, you'd love to know where that number plate is now. When I used to work at New Scotland Yard years ago, um, in, uh, you know, helping the police out, and I used to work in the traffic department, and you could go onto the computer and you could type in a number plate and you could see who owned it. So you could type in Pop One... And you could see who owned that. LBC One was on a green Rolls Royce. It was for many years, whether it still is now, which was owned by the London Brick Company. I was always quite intrigued as to who, who else was LBC. In fact, I used to have a brick at home with LBC on it, made by the London Brick Company. I'm not even sure if they're in existence. But uh, interesting. Steve Argos promoted online shopping, keeping people away from the store, losing impulse purchase and promoting cheaper online competition. Once you sit and surf, I'm afraid, you... Um, you don't go back into the store. Uh, Ted uh, says here, uh, Polish store girls, very polite, shop here in Peckham, and you won't get a thank you or a smile. Oh, God. But uh, he says, God bless them. They're very polite. Yes, people are polite, aren't they? But it doesn't cost anything to be polite in a store, to say thank you and good morning, and t- it doesn't cost anything. I go in, they go, morning, Steve. You know, and that's, that's how it works. I don't know. You know, I pass the, uh, you know, Ivor Seymour used to work on the buses, and Peter works on the buses. I pass them. Morning, Steve. Every time I walk past Paul Cooper's thing, morning, Steve. Morning, Stevie. He'll go to me. Which is quite nice, isn't it? Don't forget the free podcast is available. There are a number up there that you can podcast. Now, you can subscribe to it. and It doesn't cost anything. It costs you nothing. So uh, why, why not do it today? Uh, one here. Steve, Tesco have become too big for their boots. And this is from uh, Keza, who says, uh, plenty of staff around, but they've become a bit too complacent. You see, it's, it's customer service. I've said it time and time again. It's the way you treat people that make you want to go back. And, you know, if, if you get people like Anthony Worrell Thompson, who are shoplifting in there, to be honest with you, you know, he's probably just tip of the iceberg. Don't you think so? I mean, I don't think I'd be talking out of the brownies by saying that there's probably loads of people who shop, they shoplift every supermarket. Some people just have an inability to pay, I'm afraid. Uh, you mentioned yet another story, says Johnny, about Ronnie Biggs, this time his 72-year-old ex-wife, being flown around the world to locations which were in her life at the time, and the story she's trying to sell, along with the never-ending fables of the Cray twins. Why do certain tele- television executives have this obsession of not letting... Uh, go those events of the 60s. I've heard of rose-tinted views, but this is just cheap television and requires no real thought in making. And to my knowledge, there's been nothing of earth-shattering historical news. These ridiculous individuals making the shows must be the same type who write some of the stupid plots in EastEnders which make us Londoners shake our collective heads in embarrassment. 
as we put on our pearly kings and queen outfit for a day and hope the kids are safe up the chimney. Driving the black cab gives me so much opportunity to live up to the stereotype image. So, Gov, urcha, be off, with you, do, what, here, behave, and other phrases which might get me noticed. What, mate? Hello, treacle. Apparently treacle tart, I'm told. Cockney rhyming. John, who still is living south of the river. Thank you very much indeed. You're right. I mean, who is remotely interested in the, I mean, in the real scale of it? You know, a woman who was married to a tea leaf like Ronnie Biggs. Who cares? What, what do we just get out the person who supplied... What, what do we get their milkman on? It'd be marginally more interesting. They've just... They've run out of ideas on television programmes. I feel immensely sorry for them. Immensely sorry for them. That they can't come... And then they talk about the dumbing down of that Paddy McGuinness programme. The dumbing down, as far as I'm concerned, is putting on the ex-wife of Ronnie Biggs. And they've flown her at what cost? Good Lord. I mean, why don't we just go and dig Buster Edwards' family up and start interviewing them. Buster Edwards, who took his own life, who we used to see down at, you know, probably a programme made about him already, I shouldn't wonder, down at uh, Waterloo Station. And you do wonder, don't you, who sits down there and goes, let's do a programme on this, and then somebody says, that's a good idea, because I'd be sitting down there, you know, giving up completely. Uh, The film The Yellow Rolls Royce, says Brian, was that the name of a film starring Rex Harrison? There was a film called The Yellow Rolls Royce, and I can't remember... Who was in it? Sue says, I used to go to Tesco's. Now I go to Asda in Kingston. I only go there because the checkout staff are so friendly. It does make for a happy experience. Now I'm hearing this time and time again this morning. Even Leslie in Watford says, I can't use the Tesco to me as the people there are so grim and miserable. Not the staff, the customers. I end up feeling suicidal. Yes, it's, it's, it's a, it is the, I mean, I'm not really bothered about the experience. You know, as long as somebody looks pleasant and polite. There used to be a guy, I, I used to mention certain people. If, if, if I go out to a supermarket and I get really good uh, service, I mention them on the programme. Because I think it's, it's right that people should actually have a, have a mention. And then you go in there and people are talking about them. And I was in a supermarket once and I was standing on the same checkout as this particular guy who was sort of being a bit, little bit like Royston who works in this building. He's a bit, he's a bit chatty, he's very friendly and he's always, all right, Stevie, mate shake your hand and do everything. He, he does loads of stuff in the building and he's going to be holding one of the torches for the Olympic Games, but he's doing it up in Grimsby. Poor soul. I wanted to send Courtney, but it wasn't going to happen. So anyway, so, and, uh, and I was in the checkout and this, uh, this woman in front of me said to this, this checkout assistant, who I'd mentioned on the programme, you were mentioned on the radio the other day. And he said, uh, he said, I know. He said, it's that Steve Allen. He said, he's normally quite rude about people. He said, but he was quite complimentary about me. And I wanted to say, I'm Steve Allen, but I thought it sounded so naff that I, I just couldn't do it, I'm afraid. So, uh, so I didn't. LBC 97.3. My London Home. My London Home found me the perfect tenant in under five days. My London Home's management service is amazing. I've never needed to get involved and my tenants are really happy. My London Home treats me as a valued customer. It's nice to have an estate agent you can trust. Find your perfect tenant in Zone 1 with My London Home. Landlord specialists for lettings in central London and winner of gold for top London letting agency 2010. Go to mylondonhome.com. My London Home. Passionate about property. There's a fine line between fishing and just sitting in the rain by a river. But no- Steve Allen. Certainly is. It's uh, 19 minutes past uh, six. 
you started Thursday's show, says Andrew and Keisha, which we podcast, with your surprise at a Honda Civic being used in a bank robbery. It reminded us of our little Emreg Honda Civic being stolen just before Christmas, right outside the flat. Somehow, they got it during rush hour from our residential car park without anybody noticing. By the time I saw, it was gone. It had already been seen leaving the scene of a crime, and a few days later they recovered it from a gang in Hackney. It wasn't usable, and sadly turned out to be more expensive to lose the no-claims bonus than make the claim and put it towards a new car. Apparently, these days, cars are so rarely alarmed and are quite nippy, but unostentatious, that thieves love them. Anyway, we ended up with a nicer car in the end, but it was not a nice start to Christmas that year. Love to you and yours, and the fellow Facebookers from Andrew and uh, Keisha. Nick Ferrari this morning, just after Susan Bookbinder, with the morning news from 6.30 till 7, uh, will be today talking about the Hammersmith flyover because there might be some good news in that front. He'll be taking uh, lessons, or we will, from Athens about how to sell Olympic tickets. Do you know they're now looking for, I think, four to 5,000 performers for the uh, Paralympics? I thought we left it a bit late, haven't they? Anyway, Nick will be speaking live to a stranded rowboat in the middle of the Atlantic. The rowers are 24 hours away from running out of water. And uh, looking at the papers today, Camilla Tomine, the royal editor of the Sunday Express and correspondent of uh, ITV's This Morning which I think definitely is dumbed down. Nothing to do with Camilla, but it's definitely done. Some of the things that they put on there now, I think it's the whole of ITV is just dumbing down at the moment. Uh, Kim says, you'd be all right with, all right, my lover, in the West Country. It's what people say that. I said, you know, you couldn't, you can say, all right, treacle, but you wouldn't say you're a pretty little thing, but you can say, all right, my lover. Because that sounds okay, but you've got to do it with the accent. If you just go, all right, my lover, that sounds like somebody is your lover, but you go, all right, my lover. And that sounds like sort of some kindly lady with, with nice rosy cheeks. Talking of that, somebody's got a little bit addicted to tea cakes in the LBC office this morning. Far be it from me to start pointing the finger, let me tell you. And uh, Steve, Tesco lost market share for two reasons. They became very expensive against prices at other supermarkets and got their price drop promotion very wrong. It, it seems to me as well that people are telling me about service. And strangely enough, that came through four times, that text, from Tony and Old Coulston, which reminds me that I did point out the other day that when Anthony Worrell-Thompson said he got 25,000 emails of support on his website. I suspect it was one little old lady saying, I really love you and your cookery, and then her cat sat on the keyboard and sent it 25,000 times. Because that's, you know, you don't, don't worry about things like that, do we, really? Further to your item on personalised plates, when we live in Norpington, a yellow Corvette, says Richard, would pass us every morning on the way to the station. Uh, its registration was A11YNK, or All Yank. Looked the part, you see, because it, it was an American car. Quite good. I like that idea. Max Bygraves used to drive a Rolls-Royce of Brown Belgravia with MB1. It was rumoured that Mercedes-Benz offered him £100,000 to buy MB1. So that could be all sorts of people now, couldn't it? But you're right, it, it was on his, his Rolls-Royce. He did come into LBC when we were in Hammersmith, and that was the, uh, and that was the number plate, MB1. I could have SA1. Uh, you see, anything that's got two letters and a number would be, would be quite a lot of money, wouldn't it, really? I think so. Um, Steve, the supermarket staff that work the tills, they ask if you want bags. You say yes, please, and they lick their fingers as they get you a bag. Puts me right off. I can't open the bags. I sometimes stand there. I've been reduced to tears before now in a supermarket. I can't. I can't. I stand there, and people have bumped past me, and I'm going... Now, I've learnt, actually, if you wet your fingers, a little bit like that, and then you do the bag, and then you blow at the same time, that kind of works too. But I cannot open plastic bags. 
Other people, they, 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 other people can manage it really well. I'm rubbish at doing it. I stand there, and in the end, I mean, tears have rolled down my little face just to put a couple of, so I always go, can you open the bag for me? I've had to start asking now. I could do the big bags, I can't do the little, the little bags, which is not so good. I'll run through what the front pages of the papers are saying to you in a moment. It's Friday the 13th, so there's lots of superstitions. Apparently, if you dream of running, if you dream of running, uh, that's a sign that there's a big change in your life. But most of the superstitions that I've looked at this morning appear to be to do with death. If a clock, which hasn't been working, suddenly starts chiming, there will be a death in the family. If a friend gives you a knife, you should give him a coin or your friendship will soon be broken. What a pile of twaddle. Do people really adhere to this stuff? They probably do, actually. We all sit there, we go, oh, it's fine, it's good, it's... Uh... Steve, I've stopped uh, shopping at Tesco from Julie because of the lack of checkouts which are open. Uh, Patricia says at my local Mrs Porter's in Liverpool, the checkout ladies are always friendly. Ah, well, that's the thing, you see. It's that up-north friendliness. I hate it when banks say, thanks for waiting. Yes, I, I get that, uh, th- thank you for waiting. And I, I remember saying to somebody once, I said, well, I didn't have much choice. But unfortunately, because they weren't British, they didn't understand irony. So I, I couldn't bother to really to check it because it made me sound a little bit rude. But I wasn't, actually. Uh, Terence and Finchley, the staff there, are always chatting to each other in, um, in their own language. Well, I suppose it must be... I mean, if you worked on a till, you'd be bored out of your mind, wouldn't you? I mean, you would, really. Uh, Charmaine says, I work in a department store. I greet every customer, say please and thanks. But customers can be rude, too. Yes. I absolutely agree. Customers can be very rude. We've all had moments, haven't we? We've all had moments where we're, where we're perhaps, you know, really not interested. Doug says, I happen to own um, Call LBC, C-A-1-1-L-B-C, if you're interested. He said it could be transferred to you. Oh, Lord, I'm not really sure. Actually, Doug, I could cope with something like that. Very sweet. Very sweet. I mean, if it was free, of course. You know, I could, I could happily cope with something like that. Uh, I think it might be Omar Sharif, says Manny. In the Yellow Rolls Royce. I don't know, I just remember a film, Yellow Rolls Royce, and that's as, that's as far as I got. Uh, I've just seen a blue Bentley on the M25, says Craig, with the number plate showing Pit K. Pit K. P-I-T-T-K. Good show as usual. Thank you. I love the way you sound surprised. Good show as usual. Ah, we don't set out to sort of not... Oh, tea cakes, look at that. Heavens above. <laughs> you and your addictions. Uh, Steve, Yellow Rolls Royce, Rex Harrison... Rex Harrison, Ingrid Bergman, Shirley MacLaine, Omar Sharif and George C. Scott. Living in Italy, says Valerie, I would love to have any of your supermarkets here. Anything. Asda, Tesco, Waitrose. Don't really care. I know, they don't have them, do they? We only have them here. People must come over here and go, Blimey, how much stock do these people carry? And, and the answer is no. You know, absolutely limitless stuff. Number plate on Gemma's car on her car in Pimlico, it's on a Mini, is GM11MAS, spelling Gemmas. I suppose if you sort of close your eyes and squint, it probably could do, I should imagine. Love the show, and thank goodness for Friday. We love Friday. We love Friday. You're not superstitious, are you? Because I think it's almost, it's almost to do with death, so we don't, we don't worry about that. I love the idea that if you catch a falling leaf on the first day of autumn, you'll not catch a cold all winter. That's ridiculous. Have you ever heard of stuff like that? Uh, sadly, we're just about out of time. I must mention to you that you, you have to go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, and you can pick up the free podcast on the programme. There's about a 20-minute free podcast every day for you. And if you just go to the LBC, it'll, it'll go podcast. It's got the Steve Allen uh, subscription podcast. 
and then the free one as well. And thousands and thousands of you uh, take it out every day. So I would like to increase that over the weekend, if you could see your way clear to it. Plus, of course, we're back on Sunday evening with a brand new In Conversation at nine. And the repeat at six to seven in the morning will be last week's In Conversation. So uh, make sure you sort that out. Quickly, the front pages of the papers, just ahead of Susan Bookbinder. Front of the Daily Mirror, uh, Kevin, uh, sorry, Michael Lavelle. Uh, is back in uh, Coronation Street after being cleared of all child sex claims. The dwarf star of the Harry Potter films now has to walk with a frame after a drunk reveller picked him up and threw him. I thought people did this. I thought, I seem to remember in Australia, they have dwarf throwing competitions. And the devoted daughter and devastated daughter of the murdered uh, couple, Carolyn Avtarkola, broke down as she told of the family's grief. An absolutely horrendous story. That's the front page of the, the Mirror. Uh, the Sun this morning, Roxanne Pallet, talking about her dreadful experience on a train the other day where she feared she was going to be attacked by a, a dog and uh, some drunks on there. And then a mum whose baby son died 13 years ago has been told his brain has been found in a hospital jar. That's front page of The Sun this morning. The Daily Express, free raspberry leaf capsules worth £7.45. How lovely. Raspberry leaf. I don't know what they do, but I, if it's something I need in my life, I'm going to have it. And the Duchess of York told she faces jail in Turkey for going over there and filming uh, about the uh, the children. And they've said she didn't have any permission to do it. Britain's Got Talent judge David Walliams has admitted, I don't have enough talent of my own. The man sells himself much short. And celebrity big brother wags Nicola McLean and Natasha Giggs are at war tonight because one of them will be kicked out. Perhaps we could get rid of both of them at the same time, which would be lovely. And the Oxford Don quizzed over the death of the professor as the front page of the Daily Mail today. Plus there's another free Weight Watchers exercise guide with Alicia Dixon's LA Fitness Tips and the Duchess of York facing court action over the secret filming in an orphanage. I wish you a pleasant weekend. Um, it's going to get cold, I think, over this weekend, so the advice is wrap up nice and warm. Do join us back again on Monday morning for Steve Allen's Early Breakfast between 4 and 6.30. Don't forget to download the free podcast and the other podcast as well. And don't forget to join me for In Conversation uh, from 6 and then also from 9 o'clock on Sunday evening. Thank you for your company. It's LBC 97.3. Next, the morning news with Susan Bookbinder.